Download the app, Bet Big, Win Bigger. And I got to tell you, I really like the sound of that. And with WinBet, it's just that easy. WinBet has what you need to win. So if you're from Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, or right here in Virginia, sign up today to receive this special offer. New users can take advantage of WinBet's bet $50 to win $200. Just bet $50 and win $200 in free bets. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com. Download the app, bet big, and win bigger. Let's get after it. Terms and conditions apply. Must be 21 or older and present in a state where win bet is available. Gambling problem? In Arizona, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. In Colorado, Indiana, New Jersey, and Virginia, call 1-800-GAMBLER. And in Michigan, 1-800-270-7117. Tennessee, y'all too. 1-800-889-9789. Welcome to the Greenlight Podcast. Big show for you folks today. Ice Cube talks his big three basketball league, his rap and film career, and goes in-depth on the song It Was a Good Day. Towards the end, Joe Buck comes on to have a good bit of fun. He talks joining ESPN, Monday Night Football this fall, and Tom Brady's announced move to the booth. In between those two guests, Chris and Dr. Fax are going to answer a couple questions, like what are the tipping protocols for delivery drivers? Would you rather be 5'2 or 7'7? And would you rather fight a chicken each time you enter your car or an orangutan with a sword once a year? Y'all enjoy. This is a fun one. Have a splendid day. Gangster rap, a little baseball today, a little golf, golf and gangster rap, dude. It's a nice like peanut butter and jelly. Nice, well-rounded show. This is exactly what this is. <laughs> Doctor Fax, myself, and we we have Ice Cube and Joe Buck. Cube, right? Your Cube, as we got to call him, which was really cool. We just interviewed Ice Cube a little bit ago, and that was amazing. Uh, we've got Joe Buck coming up later in the show, so. I don't know. I think this one's fun. First, I'm going to say hello to Macon. I'm going to start every show and say hello to Macon. Hi, Macon, wherever you are. I thought it was a secret beach in South Africa that was non-disclosable. This guy is really fucking... When, when I asked my co-host, where are you going on vacation? He really wouldn't tell me because he's worried fans are going to be at his door. He's pulling the Aaron Rodgers. I just realized it. He's what not is, showing up. This is our OTAs. He's not showing up to OTAs. This is basically OTAs, dude. <laughs> he's constantly harassed by this paparazzi. Is, he you know is, man. Is. The guy's famous, and I get it, but when I find out what beach it is, as a matter of fact, I'll text him. Hey, man, what, what beach are you really at? No reason. He knows. What beach are you really at? I'll let you guys know. I want I want Macon to I want Macon to be a part of every show. So hello to Macon and then hello to Fort Lauderdale. Hello to Fort Lauderdale. Why are we why are we saying hello because to Fort Dr. Lauderdale? Because Dr. Facts will be in Fort Lauderdale on June seventeenth and I will be in the corner with my friend Kendall Volker, who is in the pillow fighting championship and 
she's trying to win a title. She said she needed some familiar faces in her corner. Hit me up and ask me if I would be a part of it. So this is incredible that that, that <laughs> we do know of somebody who went to school with us that, yes. that uh, that's currently making money beating up other chicks with pillows. Yes. And that is cool, man. Like what a sport that is. I mean, like it was right there under our noses this entire time. Everybody's done a pillow fight. And yes. if they, they load up these pillows a little bit heavier, I guess, two pounds of two pillow. Two pounds of pillow. Which doesn't sound like much, but you know, like a hockey puck's only a couple ounces, as we know. It doesn't <laughs> yeah. even hurt to get hit by. Uh, the pillow is way more painful. And these people are just fucking each other up. They're doing like jujitsu, dodging each other, hitting each other with the pillows. So, Nate, I'm psyched for you, bro. Um, I'm excited. I'm, I'm kind of excited for it, too. Hopefully, she's, we're going to go down there. She's going to get this win. So you like a promoter technically or, or trying to you know you know me like Don King you're you like gotta, the Don King of gotta, pillow you got to you got to dabble bro. you got to dabble and yeah. try to wear all the coats that you can wear because yeah. if this ends up being a big thing hey we are going to run this this is a, <laughs> you, run you, it this up. is this is a ground floor thing for you hey ground floor consider you never know the, the ceiling is 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 very far away so we're going to try to get to it can, they said they, they're hitting these motherfuckers with the torque of a golf club I don't know how John Brinkus figured that out. <laughs> this is incredible, bro. Like, I want to see somebody get hit in the face on John Brinkus' show, which I don't know if it's canceled Probably or not. stings like shit Sports to get hit science. in the face. Is that, yeah, it's done for? Yeah, you know he went to UVA, right? Yeah, I know. He's a Wahoo. Yeah. But they need to they need to start that show back up just to do a pillow fight episode. June well, what? Funny. You're going to be in Fort that's Lauderdale? 17th. June 17th. All I, think, our, I think that's a good that's a good content thing. We could make a parody one. We should do we should have an, an autograph <laughs> signing at one of the malls there and just don't tell the mall and have you set up and all our green light faithful come and like get autographs from you. <laughs> Dr. Fax table booth. What do you think, bro? I'll do that for content. Just set you up outside the Annie Ann's. No one, no one will, <laughs> right? No one, no one will come. No, just like, dog, just like, like you always, just like, like you always Vegas. say, oh yeah, no one's going to, they're going to be like, Chris who? Chris Long who? Yeah, they would definitely you, be like, have to admit, who is bro, this guy? In Vegas, we were almost playing a game where we got people to come up to you and, <laughs> you know what I mean? Because you just have a walk about you, an aura. <laughs> You know, that doesn't mean people they they just people do that in general. I saw a dude at the NASCAR race in Richmond ask Nate for his autograph. Yeah, dude, just off. Just like assumed principle. he was famous. He just assumed. Though. He just assumed, bro. That's so, so crazy. Can that, we, can we set you up at the mall in Fort Lauderdale? <laughs> that is so crazy. Just assuming people are famous. But you got to get like escorted him. out by security because it's got to make the news because that's how we, it's marketing, bro. <laughs> You know how that works. I do know how it works. So uh, I don't know. I don't know if Nate does know how marketing works based off of his uh, Grubhub situation. So yeah, here's thank you for that. That was a dynamite <laughs> segue, Matt. Terrible segue. segue. No, that was a good segue. It was a good segue. <laughs> so the other day, I uh, am looking at my timeline, and Doctor Fax is tweeting per usual, and uh, he's tweeting a picture of some Chick Fil A sitting on top of a bed of not lettuce. But like uh, hedges. hedges, hedges, yeah, in the packaging. So the the Chick Fil A is in its um, uh, mode of transportation. It's 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 delivered. Yeah, why are you phrasing it like that? Do you think that's acceptable? Hold on, I'll tell I'll tell you. Like you think that's acceptable? But can I? Like seriously, you, you think that's acceptable? You seem upset about the uh, because, the bro. It's just like people can have I, can this I, can idea. I, can, I, can I paint the picture? Because yeah, people at home don't know. So pa how but wrong paint you are. But paint it so, the right what. So, How so, wrong I am? Yeah, just hold on a second. <laughs> so, so, so Nate, 
<laughs> is lamenting the fact that the chicken is on top of the bushes and, you know, like probably a couple doors away from him. A couple doors? No. No, no, okay. no, no, no. I okay. live on the third floor. Good. This is on the main floor. Okay. When I order food, you get food brought to your door. You order okay. it. Okay, okay. For the reason. But, the, but the, here's the best part of the tweet. Here's the best part of the tweet. And it goes something like this. I can't believe this service. Yada, yada, yada. My chicken's in the hedges. This is why I never tip on Grubhub. I have, I have, I have proof. I said that. I have proof that I always tip. No, and you I was saying, say, what you, oh, hold on, I said, this is not like you to backpedal, bro. No, no, but I do have proof is that it, I do that I do tip. I can show you that I constantly. So you tip. tipped that person? No, like listen, listen, listen. Did I you did, tip that person? Listen, I did not tip that particular person. Why? No, because the last Grubhub I got, yeah, my food was in the next building over, <laughs> left on the ground. Yeah, but did that guy do it? No, it doesn't matter though. So it's just it doesn't matter. So no, so my thing is, but that person who left my food in the other building, they got a seven dollar tip. So that's the thing about it. So I was like, no more tipping before I get my food. Right. No How's more that tipping going? before I get my food. And How's it's going, going horrible. <laughs> it's going horrible. It's going. It's there's no winning. This is there's, there's literally the no there's you're, no winning. And for people to feel like, hey. That it's okay that I see my tip before I do my job and I get to do my job accordingly to the tip that I just got. That's bullshit, bro. bro. You're Nick Saban, bro. bro. If I see you are Nick zero, Saban. bro, no problem. If I'm ordering I, food, I, no promises. If right? I am ordering food I'll and it you is you your job <laughs> to bring my food, bro, regardless of what I'm tipping you, you're supposed to do the service. If he had to talk shit to me, bro, if he somebody had a is at Chick Fil A, no, in the bathroom with their little red igloo uh, cooler and their Grubhub name tag, and they are listening to this podcast and rubbing the bottom of their testicles nope. along your chicken sandwich. Nope. Dude, nope, I'm nope, telling nope, you, nope. you can't, you can't eat another Grubhub order in the city of Charlottesville because of what you did to that guy at the hedges and dot and putting him on blast and now having the audacity to come on this show. Oh, I wish I had his witcher call. I didn't, it was 105 did, degrees out I there. Grubhub drivers don't even keep the AC on, bro, because they're saving money. I didn't put him on blast. My thing is, it's just crazy. What was his name then? It it, it was it is. I don't know. I wish I knew it. It's I wish I knew it's it, bro. It's not. It's not, bro. Trust me. So he's throwing, trust me. He's throwing, I looked at it. I looked at everything. I looked in my. Yeah. I looked in my recent everything. Yeah, bro. It was terrible. Don't leave my shit in the bushes, bro. Don't leave my food in the bushes. Counterpoint. Tip, it doesn't. Tip. Uh, no, ahead of time. no, it's like it's like buying the protection no, plan on a though. fucking cell phone, dude. But it wasn't before. Best it was. It's only every before. time. You know, like I should have bought that protection plan. You know, it was only seven ninety nine. No, You're the intern so William just said it's like a warranty on your Chick Fil A. It's a great way to put it. It's a great way to put it. Is that, dude? You are basically guaranteeing that your food isn't fucked up. I am kissing up. Openly to my Grubhub driver. No, but I am, when I do bro, do that, bro, I when I kiss, do, I don't but what about sending seven dollars and thinking your food's getting to you, and it's two o'clock in the morning, and you have to do a scavenger hunt to find your goddamn food? Eat at nine o'clock, dude. Bro, stop. <laughs> stop. Eat like a normal human being, bro. Yo. Hey, no, you didn't have to go on a scavenger hunt. You just I had to did. look over the balcony, bro. Oh, is it there? Is it not there? I have a view of the parking lot. It's right there. That's not how it works. That's not how it works. No, and that's not where the food was. 
Like, no, bro. Bro, you no. seem disgruntled, but here's because the deal. Because it's it's, it bothers me. I know. Because Grubhub is literally also, yeah. whatever apps they use for maps, they're the only company that has a problem or like to find your door or fire stuff. GoPuff and all these other apps, like, to my door, no problem. This is America, but when it's bro. Grubhub, you have freedom of choice. When it's Grubhub, it's Allegedly, always an issue. You have freedom of choice. There's DoorDash, there's Puff, there's yeah. Domino's fucking And Grubhub, pizza, I'm sorry to say it. Like, I'm going to have to find something else. Hey, if you ever want to know if somebody's, like, one time I was looking for a guy, <laughs> I needed to know where he was, and he was ducking me. So you know what I did? Ordered him a pizza. Sat in the parking lot. That's the best way to find out if, what? if somebody's hiding in their house, That's bro. brilliant. Yeah, because everybody answers the door and takes the pizza, dude. You want to know if somebody's in their house, you order them a pizza. That's a you don't go knock at the ever, door. Bro. It's not you're the guy not tipping oh, the Grubhub yeah, driver. Yeah, you so could be like a dude that <laughs> serves <laughs> he's fucking taking his life into his hands every time he gets a pizza. I'm trying to put you on a game at home when you want to know where somebody is. So you agree. You agree that it, it is like listen, listen to what you're saying. You agree that it is okay. If you have a job yeah. for that person not to do their job the right way, I'm not saying that. That's, not. that's you are okay. saying well, that. You're being an old man yelling at a cloud because the world has changed, bro. <laughs> I'm just telling you. There's part of me that 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 wants to have it my way, and there's part of me that's like, this is the way the world is. Ideally, I get it. No, and I get it. Traditionally, comes after. I learned the my lesson. I get it, bro. I get it now. But I think but that's they have crazy. You by the balls. But I think Here's that's the crazy. It's not mentally. crazy because you have choices. You could drive to the store and pick up your I food. No, bro. I absolutely. It's like can. shopping in the airport. And they have choices yes. too, yo. If you don't want this a job, water is if you don't want a job that you're relying, water. you're relying on tips. Like, yo, you can't be mad if it's not mandatory to tip. No, mad would have been him taking a dump in your bag. No, he was just uh, him he was mad aloof, is saying, dude. "I'm not gonna walk up these stairs so and I'm gonna throw his food into the bushes." He didn't to throw show it in him. the bushes. He put it up top in the bushes. Maybe that person couldn't walk or climb stairs. No. Wow. No. No. You're not wow. doing. You're not doing delivery. Wow. Oh. Oh. Handicapped people can't wow. drive. Wow. 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 <laughs> you're you're sick. unbelievable, you're dude. Sicko. I can't believe you. <laughs> The guy obviously no. had has polio, dude, and he fucking was he had to walk. He had to put the he could he was nice of him to even get out of the fucking thing. He should have thrown it like a newspaper. And if you expect him to walk up three flights of stairs because you can't be bothered to it's drive to the Chick Fil A, dude. It's twenty four steps. It's twenty four steps. You you, you, you I, I, yes, it's twenty four steps. Uh -huh. That's it. That's it from the ground. I level. just think it's so funny. Oh my goodness! And then everyone shocked. and the everyone in my in mentions and then everyone in my mentions was on my side. I'm never right. This is they so can, good. They can, they I was can, so right. They can dude. kiss you're my right. ass because you guys don't believe that. And well, they're, you're going to be you're going to be eating their ball sack. It's just like yo, for all you people, if you have kids, this is what you're going to be. Yo, you cannot do that. The plane, so to like, speak. You cannot do that, and you can't be okay with that. Just because I know my tip, I'm going to give you service based on that before. Before, hey, you know that's why it, we tip after. Hey, listen, man, do, do you know that's why we tip after? When I used to buy drugs illegally, oh I would God. tip my drug dealer. You don't think You're, I'm gonna tip the all, fucking always? Some people say don't tip the drug dealer. That, that's Fuck, stupid. I got too. fined. I got fined. That's the that's that'll a fine. Be a, that'll be another hundred dollars. I'll, you know what? Tip somebody with that hundred dollars. But you said I thought you were not talking about. Is it just not talking about drugs or talking yeah, I about can't smoking? Talk about, is it me being high or is it just drugs in general? Why not all drugs, just weed. Who finds he's find, me, they he's do. finding these himself. motherfuckers do. Like he's a he's a psycho. I'm no, not I'm doing. I'm being this. accountable. It's important for me to be accountable as a leader, as the pilot of this airplane, dude. So 
And one of those, I mean... Well, speaking of fines and bad karma, maybe for not tipping, I just saw a parking ticket on Nate's car before I walked in here. Yikes, dude. All you had yeah. to do, the karma police are up there with... A, they're like uh, like the people in the, in the Jim Carrey movie, which I love. Truman Show. It's like mm -hmm. the Truman Show. They're up there. They're watching you with their little monitors and computers. And they're running a simulation. That's what happens, dude. That's what karma is. They read your tweet. The Karma Police. Shout out to Radiohead. Shout out to Karma Loop. Just Remember Karma Loop? Radiohead just hit you with, money a, with a fine, Loop. dude. Karma Loop was great. Anyways, layup line today. I'm gonna go. Uh, it was a good day. Uh, Ice Cube. I can't believe today was a good day. <laughs> I have in my notes here. Everybody think of their 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 perfect day. I don't know if you guys did that, but I have um. I had kind of a like a damn near perfect day Saturday. Got to go to my son's T-ball game. They won, obviously. <laughs> I don't know how people win in that sport. Like there are no rules. Uh, Reed's been to one of the games. Cowboy Reed came to one of the games. But that was awesome. So you get to start the day doing a kid's thing. And then my family just disappeared. They went somewhere. And they were like, we got a bunch of stuff to do. and. Uh, I had the 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 uh, the pass to go camping, and I also had the pass to go tubing. Now, if you know anything about me, uh, if I get the pass to go tubing, I'm going tubing. Like I'm, my ass is going to be on the river. Like no questions asked. So uh, it's my favorite thing in the world. It's my happy place. The James River is my happy place. So none of my friends could really go. Me and Fax flirted with going, but none of my friends could really go, uh, including the guys who I was going camping with 30 minutes away. So I set out on a solo tubing trip, uh, just me and my lonesome uh, floating down the river, and it was gorgeous. It was amazing. It was just what the doctor ordered. I got off the river, dried off. Well, not really. I was walking around Food Lion with fucking wet shoes because I forgot my shoes. All I had was my river shoes. Drove to uh, Schuyler, southern uh, Nelson County, um, and went camping on the Rockfish River. So I got two rivers one day, uh, and then I even stumbled upon what I thought was an oasis. It was my, might be my favorite new bar, my favorite new watering hole. I wouldn't call it a bar. I'd say it's more of a brewery. It's in Nelson. And for somebody who's lived there my entire life, uh, not Nelson rather, but in Alborough County, I have never been here. And I was camping like pretty damn close. In fact, we rode like a four wheeler over there. I'll put it that way. So <laughs> that was like the perfect fucking day that your boy could ask for. There was a big thunderstorm. There were my buddies. We managed to do a fire even though it was 105 degrees. We built a fire in the middle of the river, which, Reed, I didn't think that was possible, but shout out to... to it was impressive. It wasn't on an island or anything? No, it was, it was like there was a little island. Okay. Like I'll show you the picture. Still, that's Tiny impressive. Island. It was gorgeous, and I did nothing to help. I just sat in the river and watched my friends do it. Uh, but it was a perfect day, man. We had we had the campfire, we had the the music, we had the the watering hole. I had multiple rivers. Didn't uh, have to use your AK. Didn't have to use my AK either, dude. I guess, guess, it, it, guess and, it was a good day. And uh, so maybe Virginia won the tennis national championship. So that's my fucking yuppie ass version of uh, of uh, Ice Cube's. It was a good day. You what? got a perfect day, Nate. Yeah. My perfect day was the last time I went to Maui, me and my girlfriend took some amazing mushrooms. Yeah. And I went snorkeling. Yeah. To the point that like I was like freaking myself out down yeah. there. Yeah. But 
it was awesome. The shrooms we had, like, best trip ever. My girl was on the beach laughing and crying, having the time of her life. So that made me feel, like, awesome when you're on vacation and your girl's just having the time of her just life. in the corner crying, just, looking at a sea turtle. <laughs> like, but that's what happened, too. That's, we got to see, bro, you got to see these big-ass sea turtles just on the beach, just, yeah. like, organically. And it was just amazing. Amazing. And then... After we left the beach, like the resorts that we were staying in, they do like every single night, they make a big deal about the sunset and just being like boomed off shrooms. They have people playing the fucking conch shell, yeah. like at the, at the sun <laughs> going down, yeah. bro. It was unbelievable. Yeah. Like the weather was great. And it was one of those things where I'll like never forget that day. And I'll never forget like just being underwater snorkeling and being down there. And there's probably 200 fish around me. Right. Yeah. And just out of nowhere, I'm just like, yo, it's a different world out here. And I just start freaking out, <laughs> freaking out until I get Bubbles. to the top. And Bubbles. then I'm fine. And I'm just like, start laughing at myself like, yo, this is amazing. That it, sounds like a great day, dude. <laughs> yeah. And both, both, we had two things in common. Water. Well, and the mushrooms. Yeah. The, yeah. Mushrooms are awesome. So great day. Well, you guys got <laughs> like a perfect day. Not Matt. even going to bother saying mine because it also involved mushrooms. Okay. <laughs> we have a problem here. Damn near perfect day for me. And then we had Ice Cube today. So this is another great day. For a Monday, this rips. <laughs> we got Ice Cube coming up. And uh, Big Three, that's what he does now. He does a bunch of stuff now. But the Big Three is that like uh, old head league where, you know, and he put it this way. It's not all super old guys. There's some 20-something-year-old guys, but this is where our stars from you know, the past 10, 15 years that have moved on or even like role-player guys that, that were less popular are now like fucking center stage yeah. because it's they get pretty to play. dope. You yeah, got some cool. like mix of retired NBA players, guys that are like fringe NBA but still young enough to maybe play in the NBA that like have played overseas, et cetera, and you've got like... NBA and WNBA legends coaching them. Mm -hmm. It's pretty yeah. cool. And believe so, it or not, like they're 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 tapping into like the YouTube and streetball world. There's a few guys that I seen. Um, they just had a recent combine, or the guys who are trying yeah. to make it make three it in. Three on three is blowing up. Like, yeah, three on three is now in the Olympics. It was in the Olympics. There's the a dude I time. watch on YouTube. His name is Hezzy God, and I know that he went, God. Yeah, he went to the tryouts. <laughs> <Hezzy> <laughs> he's really God. he's really good. He, he has a really sick Hezzy. Like, I just love this dude. <laughs> Uh, hey, you know what the thing about this stuff is? It's way more sustainable than spring football. Yeah, you only need three guys for a team. Yeah, three guys for a team. Uh, Full roster, probably five, six. Yeah, like four. I think you can four. get names to go play a pickup game or play hard. I mean, like compete. I mean, I know these guys are competing, but you know, it doesn't seem like you're playing an 82 game season kind of schedule with it's the high level of basketball, and, and you don't have to go full court. So, like, you know, it saves your legs. I feel like he they found a way to monetize an old man's like a man old man's league like but with just like with the players that you want to see premier players that that you kind of want to see that still have something in the tank but maybe not enough to to still scratch yeah. and be on a NBA roster. They don't have quite all the players we'd like to see. Like I know Chris and I have been chatting about like our favorite centers from more the centers. 90s. Yeah. Yeah, the, we need more bigs. Yeah, the huge 3. I want to start a league called the huge 3. Where it's just all 
fives from the 90s. <laughs> Nate, you were saying that you met Manute Bull when you were a kid or something? <laughs> yeah, shout out to my homeboy, Drew this Gladstone. I believe Drew is a college, a college basketball coach now, but his dad, whatever he does, wealth management, something, he had Manute Bowl as one of his clients, and me, one of my best friends, Porky, and Drew. Drew's met him before. Like we got to go to the office when his dad had Manute, and I see Manute Bowl get out of a car. And as a kid, I still have that image of seeing like his knees physically scrunched up to his chest yeah. and the way he was like yeah. craning his legs out of the car and then like standing up like as a kid, like seeing someone tall get out of a car, you're like, oh, wow, they're tall. But seeing it's like they had to unfold him. seeing Manute Bowl is one of those things where is this a real I mean I don't mean this in a bad way but like is this a like a human being like I've never seen yeah. anyone this big I've never seen anyone this tall <laughs> so it was so it was crazy thinking about that you know we've been yeah. talking about short kings yeah, a I'd little bit like would you rather be minute bull tall like 7 7 or 5 foot 2 I'd rather be 5 foot 2 dude mm. you'd rather be 7 7 you said earlier which to me we're not parking our cars in the same garage on this one you can't I, even fit in the garage, bro. Bro, I can't imagine sitting and having my feet not touch the ground on anything. That's what you're... That's what you're imagine being at a bar... I would much rather my bro, feet dangle. You know what's awesome? Imagine being you know, at South and Central. You know they have those love? high stools. You know Your feet will be you dangling. Know what, you know what people love? Being a kid, dude. <laughs> I would get to feel like I was a kid all the time. My feet would be dangling. I would marry like a six-foot-tall woman, dude, and she would just hold me. Just hold you, pick you she up? Would you would love me. that. She would just... She would just, yeah, a piggybacks the whole nine yards. But I'm not above it either, dude. You know, like I. That's a good question. To, to think about being seven foot seven is it's crazy to me because it's one of the most overrated things in the world is being seven foot seven. Like, yes, you might buy a fuck ton of money, but they're like at one point they weren't making clothes big enough. I don't care how much money you no, pay. No, it can't be fun. New bowl couldn't shop at Gap, dude. No. Manu Bowl couldn't buy a motor vehicle to suit him, like you just said. Like it's not like every time he comes into town. Imagine being seven six and having to call an Uber. Just get somewhere, bro. Bro, you like trucks? You can't drive your truck. Hey, how about sleeping? You can't drive your truck. I'll get a fucking booster seat or like one of those. <laughs> but what about your legs? Your legs aren't I'll long get, enough. Bro, a five two person <laughs> can drive foot, a truck. If I said again, a five two dude can drive a truck. Totally, like there's five bro. two chicks that drive trucks all the oh, time. Oh yeah, oh yeah, it's true. That's just not safe. You know how close you are to the to the. You think it's to the wheel? for a little guy to drive a truck? You get yes. an accident if you're a new bull. You get folded permanently, <laughs> like uh, like a lawn chair that gets like permanently, bro. Like an accordion, reverse accordion, dude. <laughs> Either not, one not is to terrible. Mention your life's Manu bull passed away in Charlottesville. That, you that didn't is, know that. You you told me that today, and that is like... You don't live as long, bro. You Generally don't, speaking, really tall people don't have great health outcomes. You're yeah. not here for a long time. You're here for a good time. That's why, you know, like if I'm 5'2", all those tall kings are going to be laughing at me, but I'm going to be around a while, dude. It's going to be me, people that smoke cigarettes for a long time. I would take 7'7". Seven, seven you would take 7'7". Seven, seven. Yeah, just to play in the league. I could, mm. I could make the league if I was 7'7". Seven, seven. Yeah, you could, but then when the... Don't it's care. tough when Worth athletes it. retire, bro. But but when you retire and you're seven seven, like you can't walk around anywhere, anywhere, bro. You, but you lock up all endorsements. Anything having to do with tall is me. Get it while you can, bro. Is me. Let me get that. Okay, get it while you can. <laughs> the all short right. the short thing. You got a lot more people competing with you. That's fine, dude. I'm gonna be 
I'm gonna be reading the newspaper with my feet dangling off my kitchen stool, reading about you dying at 49 years old. Bro. It would be nice to fly coach and have a bunch of room, bro. You'd be bouncing off the walls, being so small, though, bro. I can't just just think about that. Just think about sitting on certain couches or whatever, and your feet going like that. You'd be like, "What the? F Is that it?" <laughs> also, think about we talked about this last week. I'm five two. Holy you shit! My pipe flags. is like you can't go to Six Flags. I said uh, Hoover Dam, Mona Lisa. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm, That's no guarantee. I'm hanging Guernica at the fuck at like the little creek down the street, dude. <laughs> if I'm five two, if I'm seven seven, what do you think? You think you think that thing not? Just, just, that's just off of yeah, but if metrics. You, but if you're seven seven, that's not something like if, if that holds up and everything's the same size. Like you're not exactly having fun at the drop of a hat, bro. You got to find the right hallway. And you don't think short guys do nowadays with these type of females? Bro, short kings, you don't know. I don't know, bro. Chicks don't, don't like short kings. Sorry to tell you, they would like me. I'd be a, ch a charming short king, bro. And I'd be alive, bro, able to protect her. You'd all these tall, tall macho 7-7 seven, seven kings. Get that reverse sur surgery then. You know the surgery they have expanding? The part three of the question was, do you not want to be six foot four? Six foot four is the perfect six, height. Everybody knows that. Yeah, no. I it's wish like I had two more inches. <laughs> gotta go a long way down and tie your shoes, bro. Got someone doing that for you. Gotta buy huge shoes. My feet are just, my little size... Sixes are dangling, bro. Like the little shoes that people tie on their rear view mirror. Like the little baby shoes. That's how my little shoes are dangling. I'm 5'2". I'm happy. I'm a king. Long living king. All right, so Ice Cube is going to join us now. There's no I in team, but there is one in Indeed, and that's the hiring partner you need to build yours. When you're hiring, you need Indeed. Indeed is the hiring platform where you can attract, interview, and hire all in one place. Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites searching for candidates with the right skills, Indeed's a powerful hiring partner that can help you do it all. Find great talent faster through time-saving tools like Indeed Instant Match assessments and virtual interviews. With Instant Match, over 80% of the employers get quality candidates whose resume on Indeed matches their job description the moment they sponsor a job according to Indeed data. US. One of the things I love about Indeed is that making hiring all in one place is so easy because candidates you invite to apply through Instant Match are three times more likely to apply to your job than candidates who only see it in search, according to US Indeed data. With Instant Match, as soon as you sponsor a post, you get a short list of quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job description, and you can invite them to apply right away. Indeed does the hard work for you. When you pay to post a job, Instant Match shows you candidates whose resumes on Indeed fit your description immediately after you post so you can hire faster. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Offer good for a limited time. Claim your $75 credit now at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Pay per qualified applicant not available for all users. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, as promised, I don't know how we got this guest, man. This is so fucking cool. <laughs> this is like great. We got Ice Cube on the line. Cube, what's up, man? What's happening with you, man? How you feeling? Dude, we're great. We're better now. I see Ice Cube's on the other end of the Zoom. I'm like, we're doing something right here. So this is good. This is a good day for us, man. I know <laughs> it's an exciting time for you. You're like one of the busiest people, I think, in entertainment. You got the big three going, um, movies, the whole thing. 
I do want to ask you about the other big three for me. It's George Clooney, uh, Mark Wahlberg, and Ice Cube in Three Kings. And we'll talk about that in a little bit because that's a movie I grew up on for sure. But the big three, the basketball league, starts mid-June, 12 weeks. It it starts in Chicago. You had a, a million people watch last year's championship. What's on tap this year, man? What's different about it? Is this like the best year yet with the rosters and that sort of thing? Well, I mean, I think our teams are starting off, you know, the strongest this year. You know, we have a lot of movement. A couple of new guys coming into the league, uh, like Gerald Green and Michael Beasley. Uh, These are guys I've been, you know, hoping to see in the big three for years. And so, you know, the league, since it's a lot of talent out there, the league is really getting, the competition is getting stiff. You know, before we would have teams where you said, okay, this team is the favorite. You know, this team might have the names, but but don't really, you know, have the game to, to be champions. But when you look up and down the, the rosters now, it's just the teams are starting off strong. And then you have the draft pool was crazy this year. You know, everybody come in ready to go. You know, the reputation of the big three done got out there that it's uh, it's physical and it's its own, you know, style. And you have to, you got you to gotta be big three ready. So um, guys are coming in ready. Yeah. It's like grown man ball, dude. The, my favorite video is a video of Katino Mobley at uh, the G League just giving guys work, and he's got like the fucking beard. He looks like he's 55, but he's still got so much game. And like that's the thing about football is we couldn't do a pickup game. We're all too fucking jacked up. We couldn't get out there and do it. But like the beauty of the NBA is if these guys stay in shape, they can still play competitive basketball. You guys can market, and people love it, like eating this stuff up. So I think it's really cool that these guys can play later into you know their careers and still make money and you guys can entertain people with it the all-star game is where this year we're in the bahamas this year uh, yeah it's dope <laughs> we we was there last year for the championship uh and uh trilogy won their second championship so it was fun but it was tense you know everybody yeah. wanted to win you know it was playoffs it was championship mm-hmm. so now we've decided to go back, but with an all-star game where everybody could be a little looser, have a little more fun with their family, and not be so, you know, geared up to win. And so, um, you know, we, 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 this is our first all-star game. So we're excited to see who's going to make it and how it all plays out. You want to go to the Bahamas? Get a yeah. flight to Bahamas. <laughs> Come on with it, man. Dude, we're gonna, Let's do it. Dude, we'll fucking sure. bring a GoPro down there and see what's up, dude. Hey, no, I I'm mean, like, you. who's the guy? I mentioned Katino Mobley. Who's the guy who who looks the oldest, but but really like still has game? Like when they walk in the gym, you're like, oh, this guy, this guy looks fifty, but he can still get buckets, like with anybody. Man, Mahmoud Abdul Raouf. Yeah, there we go. You <laughs> know, he's uh, yeah, he, you know, he's. A player that's, you know, I think he's our oldest player. But, you know, he's still giving them, you know, uh, dubs out there. You know, he still can score 20 points. And, you know, some of our younger players can't. So 
it's really all about your game, yeah. you know, your age, your name. That don't matter in the big three. It's either you, either you can play this style and succeed or you can't. Because, you know, we got some 20, 25, 26-year-olds out there that's struggling. Mm-hmm. And then you see a guy, you know, that's um, in into his 50s still, you know, giving them the business. So that just lets you know it's over when you say it's over. It's not over when the NBA says it's over or any other league. It's when you say it's over. So you've been in a lot of movies too. You know, we'll talk about that in a second, but you've played probably basketball against a lot of people who did other things for a living, including other rappers. Who's Who are some rappers that could hoop or actors or celebrities that you've hooped with that could hoop? The hoopers, you know, Snoop can hoop for sure. The game yeah, I can imagine definitely can hoop. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know, these guys, you know, they can ball. I mean, but you'll be surprised. You know, it's like singers like Brian McKnight that can get busy. You know, uh, <laughs> you know, it's like, um, That's good. you know, uh, Chris Brown. Chris Brown's good, right? Yeah, Chris, Chris Brown is yeah. dope. Yeah, and 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 um, you know, I played against Jaleel White. You know what I'm saying? Oh. He, Urkel. he wasn't yeah. playing like Urkel that day. <laughs> Urkel. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? So it's like uh, you just never know who got the game. Uh, I played. I played against George Clooney a couple of times. You know, so I heard you got after. You just Clooney. never know. You got after Clooney. Of course, man. You know, I got to <laughs> show him what's up, man. You know, I got to show him. You know what I mean? You know, I got to show him it's a good day. So I had to <laughs> yeah. score a triple double on his ass. Hell yeah, dude! <laughs> I was gonna. So real quick before we get into some other stuff about football and sports, like I was so excited to hear that you love that song because. You know, some artists, I feel like if they have to play one song over and over again or like perform one song over over again or they hear it, like they might not like it as much. But you still love that song. Yeah, I mean, it's an amazing song. I mean, we started off with hit music from the Isley Brothers. So to add, you know, the right lyrics on top of it and for people to love the song so much, you know, I love performing it because it makes people happy. You know, they, they're having a good time. It is a good day. You know, they get a chance to see the homie Cube up there. So, you know, it's really a perfect song, you know, especially for artists like myself who, who've, uh, you know, made a living on hardcore music and just letting people know that, you know, there's two sides to every coin there's two sides to most people and there's two sides to life you know so um you know it's just a good song a perfect song um and people still love it like it came out yesterday so you know i enjoy doing it yeah it's a classic and you had people on reddit i had my producers track this down they said there's a whole reddit group that was dedicated to finding out what day it is that you're talking about <laughs> now my, my guess was it was like you know, like the highlight reel of a week or like a couple months for you, but was it all one day or is it a, it, people said, cause the, the thing you gave away was the Lakers beating the supersonics. I mean, that happens probably pretty often back in that, in that time period, but there's only a few games on the schedule. So they had it down to January 20th, 1992. This is people at Reddit. <laughs> so what do you think about people trying to triangulate the day, the cubes best day ever and, and how much of it I mean, was one day and how much of it is just a bunch of shit. First of all, it's amazing that they were able to track everything that happened in the song to one day. Um, 
you know, I don't know what kind of day I had actually on January 20th, 1992. I just don't remember. <laughs> so that, it, it's really the, 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 uh, the fantasy yeah. of having the, the perfect day, you know, good day to me was, was, uh, was kind of the precursor to Friday. You know, it's, um, you know, I did good day. I did a, a great video with F Gary gray. And, um, then, you know, three years later we do Friday together, which is kind of similar in a lot of ways. You know, it's a day where a lot of crazy stuff happened, but end up working out. So, um, you know, it, it's cool to see them break that day down. And, um, you know, in their minds, yo, that's, it could be it could be January 20th, 1992. Yeah. So there we go. Let that be the day, baby. January 20th, it, it could be a holiday, man. Let the Reddit people know. Let's Let do them know. It. Yeah, 20, January 20th <laughs> is a good, cute, day. good day, cube day, whatever, but... It was a it was a good day, and the best part of that day to me, this is a very underrated part of that day, is she didn't sleep over. You know what I mean? So I thought that was the best part of of Cube's good day was at the end of the day he got his place to himself. Oh no, man! You know some people want to hit that ass all night. You know what I'm saying? Know. You know they be, they want to wake up and hit it in the morning, man, and then send it home. So maybe yeah. one o'clock in the morning was a little too early. And it was hard you know to get I mean? girls in the late. Well, it wasn't hard to get girls for you, but like it was probably hard because of the communication factor. Like, how were dudes? Was it pagers and beepers, or like were people calling chicks landlines, or what was going <laughs> on, dude? Yeah, it was definitely pagers back then, beepers. But you did sometimes have to call and and catch a chick at home. Like, hey, <sighs> tell her I call. Yeah, tell her <laughs> call me back. And you know what I'm saying? And it's like, uh, it was kind of hard sometimes to get in contact with a chick. Uh, but if they really liked you, it wasn't hard at all. You know what I mean? They call right back. No question. All right. So fat yeah. burger, dude, fat burger is fat burger. Still the thing to you, man, because I've been in some online debates, shout out to our buddies at busting with the boys, but I've always said, and I don't know if you're going to hate me now, but that, that in and out's a little overrated. And so, what's the whoa, best? Whoa, whoa, yeah. I don't know about that. You <laughs> See, know, in and out got some good burgers. All right, that's but what fat we'll burgers do too. Okay, fat, fat bur burgers do too. But but see, I, you know, I I remember the original fat burgers. You know what I'm saying? Okay. So that's when they were, you know, super juicy. They, you know, um, <laughs> you know, they franchised out. You know, some some, yeah. you know, with, with every franchise. Some do better than others, you know, but I still, I had a fat burger the other day, so I could still kill one. That's really cool. You said that this was kind of like you showing the flip side of the coin because so much of your early music was like really fucking true and powerful and raw. Like, and, it, and you were, you were saying things that, that were probably, I mean, they were true, but they were probably stressful to fucking put out an album, you know, talking about police and stuff and all that stuff. Like, how much do you think that talking about some of the things you talked about early on affected your like day to day, just like interactions you had wondering if, Hey, this person's heard your music or what they think about what you had to say, or, you know, like a little bit more paranoia with police or that sort of thing. Not one bit. Yeah. Not one bit, you know, um, to me, you know, doing music, especially, you know, putting out different albums in different times. I look at them as, as, time capsules, you know, where you can capture the moment, capture the feeling, capture the, the, uh, the, the culture. Um, and, and you put them out and, you know, people, 
can buy them. They can not. You can listen to it. You can change the station. So I never felt like um, any kind of way, you know, to me, you hear my music, you don't like it. That's that's kind of your problem, not really mine. Yeah. You know, um, once I put it out, it's like a painting. You put it out, you put it up on the wall and you walk away and people will come and they'll look at it and they'll like it or love it or hate it. You know, and that's their issue has nothing to do with the artist. So I always looked at the music the same way. You know, you put it out and you keep it moving. People like it, love it or hate it. And that's really that's their issue, not mine. Yeah, you took more risk than some people. I mean, so the shit you said was realer and rawer than a lot of people at the time, though. That's, you know, why I wonder, you know, and I think that's what makes you and guys like you special because you just put it on the wall. You know what I mean? Just put it on the wall and walk away. You know, I'm still doing raw, hardcore shit. You know what I'm saying? It's just uh, a different time in my career. But at the end of the day, that's what hip-hop is about to me. That's what being an MC is about. It's about saying what you feel and not what you think people want to hear. You know, to me, that's kind of, you know, ass backwards. You know what I mean? You should come come from the heart and let the chips fall where they may. Because that's hip hop to me. Yeah. Did you ever get burnt out? Because you put out so much good music in a four or five year period. I mean, like the pace with which you you wrote and produced and 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 made music. I mean, including the NWA stuff, which you were so important to that group and that showed over time. But like, did you ever get burnt out? Like, is there you know, like I know you're a worker, but does it ever get tiring to have to answer the bell cre- cre- from a creativity standpoint? No, I mean, that's what I love to do. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I, I started doing it as a hobby at first. Yeah. So to get paid to do it is just kind of icing on the cake. Um, I love to create. And, you know, but I did get to a point in my career where I was trying to do too much, you know, like leaving a movie set and going straight to the studio, working in the studio all night, then going back to the movie set. You know, something, something when you work like that, something suffers. So I learned to, you know, when I'm working on music, don't talk to me about movies, you know, and when I'm working on movies, don't talk to me about music. You know, I just stay focused on what the job at hand, the task at hand and things come out better um, doing it that way instead of trying to you know, do everything at the same time. Yeah. I mean like people with a high work capacity, one of the hardest things is saying no, like, cause yeah, I want to do all this shit, but yeah, yeah. Like, there's 24 hours in a day. Yeah. Especially when it's creative, when it's innovative, when it's something new that people yeah. haven't, you know, are not hip to yet, you know, and you want to hip them to it. You, you, yeah, you want to, you know, jump in there when somebody brings something and say, yo, this this the new shit This, you know, let's 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 try it from this angle. You, you know, I want to jump in there and do it, you know, so you do have to pace yourself and, and make sure that you're doing great work and not just good work. Um, and great work takes time, energy and focus. Yeah. Um, John Singleton. Right. He's, he's, he's your guy passed away in 2019. Talk about the importance, you know, 
in in your career as a whole, not as a musician, but as as you know the business. I mean, I, I owe my whole movie career to John Singleton. Um, you know, I wasn't, I was discovered. I was, I didn't audition. I didn't pursue this path. You know, he basically told me there's something in you that I think you could do it. And would you try it? And so, you know, I, I trusted him and his vision because he was the smartest dude that I knew when he came to film. Right. You know, uh, and he, you know, I met him when he was just an intern at the Arsenio Hall that's show. That's true, huh? He was really, yeah. that's fucking crazy. He was dude. an intern at the Arsenio yeah. Hall show. Yeah. And, um, and I was up there to talk to Arsenio to convince him to have NWA on the show because he had just had Luke from the two live crew mm -hmm. on the show. So I said, if you can have Luke yeah, you can definitely. doing, doing, you know, the nasty shit, yeah. you can have us doing the hard stuff. So yeah. I never got a chance to talk to Arsenio cause he was moving, you know, to do a show, but I ended up talking to John Singleton the whole time. Yeah. And he was, he was just a, a youngster at film school. You know, he was just a junior telling me about a movie he believes I'm great for. He pursued me for two years till I really forgot all about everything he said. My manager told me, hey, somebody want to put you in a movie. I'm like me? Oh, what? Yeah, somebody want to put you in a movie. She didn't even know who he was. So she gave me the script. I'm thinking I'm going to go in there and see some white director who liked my rap and want me to rap in one of his movies. No, it's John Singleton there. And he's like, I told you. I told you I was going to put you in a movie. And I was fucking terrible. My auditions <laughs> suck. My auditions suck. <laughs> and uh, he was like, dude, did you read my script? And I'm like, nope. I just read these <laughs> Pages they the get. Yeah. <laughs> he said, Man, you, you you know, go home, read my script, and I, I'll give you one more chance. You come back tomorrow. But if you're not, if you if you if you terrible tomorrow, it's over. I'm gonna have to get somebody else. So I fucking focused in, you know. I, yeah. I then I read the script and I was blown away because it was it was about how we grew up. You know, I'm like, damn, this is movie worthy. I mean, they're going to do a movie about this shit. And, um, you know, I went back in. I knew I knew what to do then. I knew, I knew, you know, I read Doughboy. I knew, you know, a million, <laughs> a million Doughboys. You know what I'm saying? So it was, it was pretty easy. You made a point earlier about movies before Boys in the Hood and then movies after where gangsters were portrayed. Oh yeah, like I, I, just the era of the movies that you were a part of and you were in, just like you were saying, uh, how was it just being like 
a part of that era where they start portraying the things that they weren't showing when it comes to like mafia guys the, the, yeah when it comes to gang cultures in the black community versus seeing mafia and these type of things casino and all those type of movies that are getting popular but now we get a chance to see hey like hey we're seeing what the gangs are what's going on in the black community and hey is it all bad is it all, like is some of it good what's really going on and having a chance to really paint that picture and be a part of it how does it feel and like how do you feel it's gone since the starting of, of those films and being a part of kind of the, the beginning of it? Well, you know, we had certain films that were trying to portray what things were, you know. Um, I mean, Colors was the closest that I had seen, but that was still directed by Dennis Hopper. To me, it wasn't really the authentic look at at the issue and so uh and it was from like the crash unit cop point of view yeah. you know what i mean mm -hmm. so that was a little disappointing so it was to me cool to to be able to show things from our point of view and and hopefully made people understand you know how a person like doughboy becomes doughboy and how you know, a person like Trey becomes Trey and Ricky becomes Ricky, you know, and show that it was three different personalities in the hood. Everybody ain't a gangster. You know, everybody ain't um, trying to thug out. Some people are just trying to live a day to day life. So to me, it was good to be able to show that we real people and it's not what you see on the evening news all the time. And so. Um, but you know, at the end of the day, I ended up making Friday because, you know, movies like Boys in the Hood, Minister Society, movies like South Central was kind of showing that it was like a hellhole, you know, that we didn't have no fun. It was just, you know, all, you know, tension. And I, I wanted to show, wait a minute, you know, we, we had fun growing up. We looked at things and and, and and laughed at a lot of things that probably would make most people cry, but you know it wasn't a hellhole. Uh, so Friday kind of was my relief valve on all the imagery that was showing up until then about the hood. Yeah, it made me think of you were talking about like there's all types of factors. It's not just a hellhole. There's like I was listening to your music earlier, Burden Hand was a song that like reminded me of like giving the context around why things the way they are, you know, like, yeah. and, and the way music is art and then your movies and art in a different way, you know, like it's storytelling. Without a doubt, you know, it's straight up storytelling and giving you a real piece of people. Um, and you know, with my music, I go hardcore with it. With my movies, I, I, I try to make people laugh and entertain people in a different way to show that it is two sides to every um, situation. And, and um, you know, it depends on how you look at it and how you approach it. But it's still about understanding, you know, how we all live and how we all are similar, but how we all are different too. And it's cool, we can celebrate our differences just as much as we can celebrate our similarities. Is it true Singleton was, he didn't warn people when there were gunshots going off on that set? Is that true or rumor? 
Yeah, that's true. Um, <laughs> when we were when we were shooting the, the Crenshaw scene, um, he kept telling everybody through the megaphone that you, I'm, a, I'm you, you'll hear me go pop pop pop. And that's when everybody run and scatter. Um, and it was a lot of people out there, and it was you know, really one of the first times they were shooting a movie right there on Crenshaw. So you had people that was working with the movie, right. but you had all kind of people <laughs> from the neighborhood around yeah, too. Dude. So <laughs> you never knew, like, you know, if some real shit was going to jump off anyway. Yeah. So that was the tension that was there anyway, that we was like, man, let's, I hope they let us film our shit before they get to acting crazy around here. You know, that was the, the, the sentiment anyway yeah and so when it was time to do the scene we all thinking we're gonna hear this pop 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 and he had repeated this at least 10 to 15 times to the point we was like all right man shit got it <laughs> do the pop 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 so we can do the shit <laughs> and um it was real ak it was oh, a real man. ak God damn, and, and so <laughs> so everybody scattering is real you know it's not fake that's real right there. <laughs> Talk about method uh, director, you know, method acted and fucking method director there. But you know what's so cool yeah. about that? You know, there's so much pop culture that like the age of the internet picked up from that movie and made it like almost a saying, like a pop culture saying, like you want to see a dead mm -hmm. body, like, you know, yeah. um, the whole Ricky, the you Ricky. know, people just scream <laughs> yeah. Ricky, like we'd be at practice and somebody would scream Ricky cause somebody like pulled a hamstring or yeah. some shit and fell on the ground. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I'm like, Oh man, we're still talking about boys in the hood or like punch in the air and all this stuff. Like early movies in the nineties, man, especially the movies that you made. I talk about Friday. You just said it. Like Friday was amazing to me as a white kid in the fucking suburbs who's seen nothing like this. Like but you introed me to that community in a way that was like, hey, this is like, no like it's, you know, Chris Tucker's funny as shit. There's just people just walking around, hanging out. Like, it's just like any other place. There's just bad shit that comes with it. And I just loved Friday, man. Like, the soundtrack, everything. I got into certain older music because of the soundtrack to Friday. I had the CD. I didn't know it was a roach until I was like 13 on the fucking, <laughs> on, the, on the CD, bro. But... Friday was like really fucking cool to me because I really liked mm -hmm. the movie and I love the music. I love the soundtrack. Did you pick all everything on the soundtrack? Like, did you curate that soundtrack as well? Definitely. Um, you know, to me, music really locks you into a movie. If it's done right. I remember seeing a movie called let's do it again with, uh, with Sidney Poitier and Bill Cosby. It's a funny movie. And um, Jimmy Walker. And and um, the movie started off with a song by uh, Mavis Staples, Curtis Mayfield called Let's Do It Again. And it was like a jam. And the movie started off with this song. It was named this song and it just, it kind of cemented everything in my mind with the music. Every time I hear the music, think of the movie. So when it was time for me to do my first movie, which is which was Friday, which is right. the first movie I produced, right. um, I wanted it to be to be filled with with music that was memorable that people, you know, 
loved anyway, you know, from Mary Jane, mm-hmm. uh, you know what yes, I'm saying? Dude, hey, to, I want to get next yeah. to you. Uh, yeah, all, I want to get old, next to yeah, you. Yeah, all that old shit. Like, I'm 11, 12 years old, white kid in the suburbs, and I'm like, this is cool as hell. Like, I went backwards yeah. into old music because of that soundtrack. Same thing with sampling in rap music. Like, sampling yeah. and a lot of the New York rap that I was into, but also some of the G-Funk stuff, like, it allowed me to go backwards and like listen to the music that was being tributed the same way. It's cool. It's fucking cool, dude. That's the reach of music. It is, you know, um, you know, I, I, I kind of was, was, you know, in the sampling era, you know what I mean? Deep. And so we discovered a lot of music that our parents used to listen to from looking for, you know, Records. stuff we can sample. So we were all in a crates yeah. discovering jazz, discovering, um, you know, Motown, discovering blues, discovering all these records that we would have never listened to unless we were looking for dope hooks, dope horns, dope beats, dope breakdowns. Yeah. You know, we were looking for all that stuff. So, you That's know, so it, it, cool, man. It, it was the same effect. It's funny because we talked about like the, the raw nature of like your early music and the things that, that you were saying that, you know, like, you know, maybe tough for some people to hear, but you know, it had to be talked about. And then in 1998, this is the crazy, this is what I really wanted to ask you was, you went on tour with Corn. Yeah. So for me, you know, again, white kid in the, in the suburbs with, in a beautiful house, you know, the fucking everything I need, DMX poster on the wall, that whole thing. I wasn't a big Corn fan or anything, but I bet you if I was watching like MTV, I saw that tour or I saw like, you go from probably, you know, a kid in South Central who I don't know what your day-to-day dealings with like white people are like generally, but now you're in 1998, you're on tour and you look out in the crowd as a bunch of fucking white kids that are like 12, 13 years old. Like, what's that like? You're like, do you feel weird about kids that have no idea what you're talking about listening to your music or do you feel like they know that it's authentic and it's a feeling? Like, how did you feel but- making that transition a little bit? Well, the first the first tour I went on was Lollapalooza. Oh yeah, fuck. Um, I, I I did it in '92. You know, Ice T had did it in '91. Yeah, and and so I was like, Ice, you know, like this is an alternative tour. You know what I'm saying? Like, how did they accept what you was doing? He said, uh, "Shit, we the alternative to the alternative." Yeah. So just go out there and rock their ass, you know, like it was a hip hop show. Yeah. So that was good advice because, you know, we just went out there and kind of, you know, did all the songs that we felt would, would get that crowd going. Right. And it worked because we we were the only ones doing crowd participation. You know, we had them, you know waving their hands in the air like they just don't care and, <laughs> yeah, you know and we don't and they, we don't <laughs> fuck it hey yeah, we'll do whatever you know? <laughs> is, it, and, and, is this okay <laughs> this was this was some of their first exposure to a rap concert yeah. and they loved it yeah and so but we out there with you know jesus and mary chain we out there with ministry we out there with uh red hot chili peppers you know what i'm saying and so by the time we did the stuff with corn, the family values tour, you know, it's corn, it's limp biscuit. Yeah, you're ready. It's, uh, yeah, you know, and it's uh 
was a ministry on that one. No, no, it was a uh, damn. It was a uh, Roth, Roth, Ramstein. Ramstein. Holy shit! They yeah, had that they, one song, Do Host. They, 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 bro, they put themselves on fire on the motherfucking stage. You know what I mean? Like, hey. like they self on fire. Like you're like, okay, this is alternative as fuck. This is crazy shit right here. Uh, so by then, you know, um, the blend of hip hop, um, you know, metal or or uh, grunge, yeah. and all that was starting to blend where it wasn't so weird. You know, right yeah. now, it's not, you know, it's nothing to see, you know, a rapper with a rock band or, you know, or or it's, it's just normal. But back then, we were, you know, starting to merge. Started with Run DMC, you know what I'm saying, with the Walk This Way. Yeah. And, and then uh, uh, Public Enemy and Anthrax did uh, Bring the Noise. And then, you know, then you had Ice-T, um, you know, with with his group. Um, damn, why I can't think of these dudes, man? Um, damn, his metal group. I can't think Ice of it because I don't really group. listen to metal. This is my blind spot, uh, dude. This is yeah, my, you're yeah, helping yeah. me with my blind spot, the heavy man, metal, dude. I can't dude. believe. Oh, How about body, that? Count. body count. Body count. I've heard of body count. Yeah, body count. Yeah, that's was there, was there anybody in one of the, Was there anybody at one of these things that you were like, damn, they're really good. I'm shocked by this. No, I expected everybody to be yeah, good. Yeah. Because to me, you wouldn't be on the, the, the show if you wasn't good. But uh, I, man, I enjoyed like, I mean the Chili Peppers. Yeah, they're fucking great. They would they would have me going. You know what I'm saying? They were so dope. Um, like I said, uh, we would just trip off Ramstein. Yeah, or Ramstein, one yeah. of the uh, Ramstein. They were they, crazy, dude. They, they, yeah, they they would just <laughs> set themselves on fire. It just took every me back night. to 1999 or whatever it was. Broken Ray for JV football game. Ramstein. On the speakers, yeah. that's great. And then Ice Cube probably was the next track. So this fucking, this is pretty cool. I'm not done with the movies, man, because I got to say, this is crazy. Like, we could do two interviews about, like, two, three different careers here, um, which is really cool and a compliment to, to you. But, like, I always joke with my dad um, and with Strahan, those guys on the show. They're in yeah. so, they've done so well with their brand, and they've done so many different things that some young people are like, oh, my dad, it was like, that's the Radio Shack guy. Or that's the NFL Fox Sunday guy, or Strahan's yeah. the Good Morning America guy, but he's not the fucking guy that that made his bones like on a football field. Or like for you, you've done so many things. I think you're one of the best rappers of all time. Like if you ask young rappers today, I think they just did an article. Everybody's top five. There's a bunch of Ice Cubes on there, and I wonder, do you ever think like, fuck, dude, I've, I'm so good at so many things, like I get underrated at the thing that I'm like truly transcending at. No, nah, I mean, I don't, I don't trip off that. Yeah. To me, it's, it's all subjective. Yeah. You know, I, I got, I got a lot of fans, you know, from all different walks of life, um, eight to 80, you know, and mm -hmm. they all, yeah. they all interested in different things that I do. So, you know, if it, I don't, I don't really count all my, my uh, accolades, so to speak, like, and, and they give me enough love here. You know, to me, it's it's really about, you know, showing what you got. Yeah. You know, I ain't really worried about what I did yesterday. You know, I'm worried about what I'm going to do tomorrow. And so, um, 
that's really how I live it. You know, maybe I'll look back at one point and be like, y'all better give me my damn respect. Yeah, dude. But, Not there yet. But, uh, <laughs> but I, you know, I, I got too much to do, man. Yeah, you seem comfortable in your skin about it, dude. Um, what about uh, the maybe one of the biggest accomplishments? I love Anaconda, dude. The movie Anaconda. <laughs> I fucking if I can get stoned and watch Anaconda, that's about as good as it gets, man. Like that is one of the best. And you you actually got the the start of the movie was today is a good day, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think that was that's one of the of first, so first lines. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. you got to put your line in there. I just want to confirm yeah. something with you. The CGI on the snakes was a hundred k a second. Is that true or false? Uh, I have no idea, but I know, I know the mechanical snake that they use. Yeah. They had two of them. And he said that those snakes at the time cost $10 million to make. So the snakes wow. were paid more than we were. Like, you know, fucking snake, mechanical bullshit Damn. that broke, you know, some of the time, you know what I'm saying? It was new technology they was using. And yeah, the fucking them two snakes was ten million dollars. Bro, that warehouse scene had to cost ten mil. Oh I mean, goodness. holy shit, dude! At the end of that movie, how cool has it been seeing your son O'Shea Jackson Jr. do like awesome shit on the silver screen and like kind of like come into his own? What's your attitude? Because I'm part of a father son deal. Like, dad, he didn't want to give me anything. He wanted to make me earn everything. Like, how do you walk that line of being supportive and like giving him advice, but making him kind of go through what you've been through? I mean, it's amazing to to me. Um, I was amazed at what he did with Straight Outta Compton, but he's taken his career and ran with it and has made it into, you know, something that he can really, you know, pursue, fall back on and, and keep doing. I mean, just seeing the, the types of movie he's doing, you know, from Godzilla, you know, he's in the new Star Wars that's coming out the Obi-Wan Kenobi. Um, it's just amazing that he's able to to <clears throat> surpass some of the things that I've done in the movie industry. So just proud of him. And I'm going to help him along the way any way I can. You know what I mean? I, I um, You know, I believe in going the hard route to a certain point, but then it's all about giving your kids the game to succeed right. no matter what. You know, you don't have to, you know, this ain't a fair world. You don't have to play fair. Right, because so, nobody else is playing do. fair. It's everybody else what is like, who do you know to get win. this role? Or Yeah, fuck yeah. You got to. Yeah, yeah, what you got to do, do it, do what it takes to win without cheating anybody. So that's the key. No question. But, but you know, ain't nothing wrong with winning. You know, when you second generation, you know, you should be able to navigate the pitfalls you know, uh, easier than, than your pops had to, you know what I mean? Like, you know, it's really all about setting them up to win and hopefully it'll go from generation to generation to generation. No question. Um, a couple quick questions for you on football before we get you out of here, man. Do you hate somebody the most in the AFC West? You're a Raiders fan. Do you, do you have one team that you're like, I, I just fucking can't. The Chiefs. There you I go. Hate the Chiefs. Yeah, there you go. You know, the Chiefs, <laughs> I just I can't I can't root for them no way, no how. But now I hate the Broncos. Now yeah. I hate the Chargers just as much. All of them good. So I hate them all. 
What do you think about the Broncos? Like maybe you could buy them and just sink the fuck out of the franchise. Like just tank them. <laughs> Cube, come on. That's good. At first you were that's like, I would idea. never buy. Yeah, well, see, that's hey, a good idea. see, man. Hey, chess, dude. Chess. Buy them and run them into the ground. Exactly, dude. Exactly. <laughs> well, fucking the the Raiders. They're going to be pretty good this year. I mean, like one of the best fan bases ever. When you were younger. And you were going to those games in the early 90s, like the games that my parents, like some games that I didn't go to because the, the Coliseum was so rough and there's so many fights and shit. Yeah. I was a little kid, like my mom wouldn't take me. Like, were <laughs> there? Rowdy. Yeah, there were no sweets either. So when rappers went to like the Coliseum, like how did y'all get took care of? Shit, sitting right there in the stands with everybody else. You know <laughs> what I'm saying? We had, we had good seats though, you know, yeah, I mean, I it was right there on the, on the 30, but, but you know, I had season tickets. You know what I'm saying? Me and my wife, some of my kids would go hang out. You'd be right there in the you right there in the mix with everybody else. So, so cool. it was fun. You know, it was fun to first it was fun to be to to have enough money to have season tickets. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. So that was cool. But to have the Raiders in the Coliseum in the good old days um was nice. But this new stadium they got it's is beautiful. amazing. So nice. It's what the Raiders always deserved. And I'm glad they finally got it. It's a beautiful stadium. I hate new stadiums. I miss the Coliseum. I used to play in that that thing late in my career to play the Rams when I wasn't on the Rams anymore. And you'd walk out on that field and it was dog shit. The locker room's dog shit. The bleachers were dog shit. <laughs> it might be like when you play an old venue and you're like, this place has a soul. Like, I, I might not yeah. want to see a fucking game here or see a show here, but as a performer or a player, I see that flame in the end zone lit up and I'm like, hey, that was lit up for my dad. It was lit up for... You know, all those bad motherfuckers in the 80s and the 70s, and I get to play here now. It's pretty dope. So I miss that place, but I, I echo those sentiments, man. I'll give you one last question here. This is, uh, and I'm an idiot. I don't understand crypto. I don't understand <laughs> NFTs, but I was told uh, there's an NFT element to, to big three ownership. Can you explain that to me? Is that possible? There's a new opportunity for team ownership in the big three. How can Nate and I buy, buy a, a big three team? Am I too late? You're not too late. Hey. Um, we go. <laughs> and, and, and we we do have uh, you know two tiers of NFT ownership. You know we have the fire tier, and then we have the gold tier. Um, and we're we're making some adjustments. You know what's great about what we're doing is most NFTs are just pictures. You know you you uh, trade art yeah. or whatever. Yeah. But this is a real utility, you know, with, with free tickets to the game, folding rights, merchandise, you know, it's very um, cool for a fan to, to really be able to get one of these and then have some real stake in if your team win or lose, because as your team wins, you get, you know, more benefits and better things to, to, to be a part of. And it's forever. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, uh, I'm pretty sure as the league grows, these things will get more and more valuable over time. So for people that's in a bear market right now, yeah. this is your perfect uh, purchase because it it's over time. Um, you can keep it and always be able to be treated like an owner in the big three. So to me, it's an amazing way to connect with our fans you know, we're not connected to any cities, so it's not the, the you know, San Diego trilogy or the Dallas uh, 
you know, monsters. It's it's really, you know, we have to connect with communities. And this is, to me, a cool way to do it. Well, we might get in on that, and then and then we might, you know, as part of the ownership, we might see if we can get a, a tour where you make the, where you grow those moon rocks that I heard you guys growing <laughs> out there. We, we got a few. Good. We got a few. You know, Good. that's that. That's that. Uh, Friday Kush and that yeah. good day Kush. You yeah, know, you know we were on the website. Yeah, we, we were on that. the website. So, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, Ice Cube, man, thank you so much for for all the time, man. Very generous and. Can't wait to see what you're doing next, man. You do some awesome shit. We love it. So big fans. Anytime, Chris. And whenever you want to do this again, just let me know. We will definitely holler at you, man. Could have talked a while. Thank you, bro. It's pretty easy talking football in the green light pod. I feel pretty good about that. Knowledge level, 9 out of 10, at least. Some days, 10 out of 10. Compare it, or contrast it, rather, with my ability to code a website to design a website, to execute a website, to put it out into the World Wide Web, like a zero out of 10. And we need a website at the Green Light Pod. Can't just do football segments. So that's where somebody like Fiverr comes in. You know, we found the people that executed all those tasks on Fiverr, real life. That's what happened. And this was my first time batting a thousand. And we love it. The website's awesome, it's live, and it's powered by Fiverr. Uh, Here are the the great things about Fiverr. You can find what you're looking for instantly. It's easy, customize your search by service, deadline, price, seller reviews, and more. No more guessing games. You know what you're paying for up front, and that's what I like. No negotiation needed. Pricing is always project-based, not hourly. I like that too, 24-7 customer service. Reach out with questions anytime, anywhere. You can find a freelancer with specific skills you need for your next project. Check out Fiverr.com and receive 10% off your first order by using my code GREENLIGHT. Find all the digital services you need in one place at Fiverr.com. F-I-V-E-R-R.com. Code GREENLIGHT. Again, it's Fiverr.com. Code GREENLIGHT. Hey, Ice Cube's all right with me, man. Ice Cube is... A-okay with me. That guy, you know, guests can say, hey, I got 20 minutes. Hey, I got 25 minutes. Hey, I got 30 minutes. We usually ask for 45, unless I know somebody well, and it's going to be like a long interview. But I was like, man, I'd love to have Ice Cube for 45 minutes. And usually when I ask, you know, Brian or whoever booked the guest, if it's not me, I don't expect to get 45 minutes. Ice Cube gave us 47 minutes, dude. I just talked to Ice Cube for 47 minutes. The 13-year-old me would have knocked over his lava lamp. That was incredible. I, I, I alluded to this, you know, talking to Ice Cube was like being 13 years old, being a fan of rap music, listening to a bunch of lyrics that I was slowly figuring out what they meant, you know, things that were like totally unrelatable to me, but I think it's definitely the rawness and the realness of what somebody's talking about that that's undeniable, even if you don't know what it is. And that's why a bunch of kids like rap music that have nothing to do with what's being talked about. And that was me. And I told you I had a cork board with a bunch of Bob Marley stuff, but I also had my DMX uh, covered in blood <laughs> over my bed. <laughs> I had my CD book was full of things like the 504 boys or like fucking yeah her fucking uh ice cube or nwa or like just hardcore Typical. shit that was like like why are we listening to this stuff and uh 
it was cool to have a conversation with Ice Cube and be like, hey, were you cool with that? Like the fact that we were all like fucking really into your shit. Just cool to hear from from a guy like that. And also, you know, not just a great rapper, but somebody who's made himself into this like brand so big that he, I'm pretty so, sure some people don't even know how he got famous in the first place who are young. He was so fucking cool. Like you've said a bunch of times how like Tom Brady's had two or three Hall of Fame careers. Yep. Same thing with Ice Cube. And there's a few things he brought up in that interview that I thought were like super interesting uh one thing is he brought up that movie let's do it again from 1975 right and i didn't realize one of the main characters in that movie is named biggie smalls hey oh and yeah. that's supposedly yeah, according so to you now i'll find you if you're if you're wrong here i i don't think i'm wrong but he thinks <laughs> that's where biggie smalls got his name was from the yeah. character in the movie yeah i'm pretty sure he had to be a pretty cool character so let's do it again staple singers I just like that song on Spotify, so I'm going to go down a big uh, rabbit hole probably off of that song right there. So, And then he brought up that supposedly Brian McKnight and Jaleel White, a.k.a. Urkel, can get buckets. Can, get buckets. can I tell you something, dude? I met <laughs> Urkel in, at the Super Bowl a couple years ago. I met Jaleel White. I'm not, I don't mean this disrespectfully. I did not know it was Urkel. It was like a, you know, it was like a dimly lit yeah <laughs> oh, that's good yeah, that's a good joke but i i was i was it was a dimly lit room and i just was me it was talking to like five guys and he was one in a group of five that i introduced myself to my buddy had brought in like some people yeah and uh afterwards they were like do you know you just met urkel and i was <sighs> like dude i'm sure he appreciates that i had no idea because he yeah. probably loves going under the radar as most like quasi or, child stars or, probably do. or or he, he secretly hates you now he like forgets that me, guy dude. he played me he didn't know who i was i met chris long i don't think he was that he type know. of guy i remember him being really nice because i was just judging him as guy number three that i met in a group of five people he has his own weed string purple Urkel. bro we need to go see him he, <laughs> he definitely has his he own he has his own strain we need to go we need to go see and i apologize this is my public apology to jaleel white <laughs> <laughs> for shaking your hand very respectfully and you know respecting you like i would any other person and not fanboying out at the fact that i just met urkel yeah urkel can definitely ball if you've ever watched the one episode of family matters the other thing that ice cube brought up was ramstein or St ramstein incredible. however however yeah. you say it incredible it, that it was brought the, me back that was the moment bro 13 year old me was like what you interviewed ice cube and you guys were talking about duhost meech I didn't know Ramstein. I know Lincoln Park and. Do you and not know Ramstein? No. I'm, I'm gonna play you Ramstein. You're gonna know Ramstein. <laughs> so Chris used to be like in charge of the boombox in the uh, high school locker room playing football. Sounds about right. And about white. he would always play Ramstein Duhas before the game on like multiple repeats, just over and over. It was like I couldn't hear myself getting... think. Like I would have to leave the locker room. Yeah. and go, like chill in the Is weight it just room like for a the while. same type, like Lincoln Park, like that, that type. It was music. like it was death, like death it was metal. Like, it was like I was trying to get the other football players to confess to something. <laughs> <laughs> like it was just dark, and there was heavy metal, and it was the same song and then like randomly we put on last the mohicans but then we had yeah. some like i said we had some ice cube mixed in but that's so fucking funny that ramstein came up because i hadn't thought about that group in years and for ice cube to bring that up that was just the most weird I, surreal moment i don't think there. i want to listen to anyone that is lighting themselves on fire oh, during, i don't know dude, are you ready for this show. you never heard this oh <laughs> should i have like when or why do you like to do things fast? Sometimes violent, sometimes. 
listen to Eminem for that. You don't know that song? No. Oh my god, dude. <laughs> this song was made for like fast violent things, dude, like being on the corn tour in 19 family values tour in 1998. We're playing JV or high school football, dude. This was made No. This was not going it was made on. for pillow fighting. <laughs> um so yeah, dude, I, I just love that. And when I, I was talking about Ice Cube, like, and how diversified he's become in his brand, I was thinking of a football player comp because you're just like, why not? Let's talk about who the football player version of Ice Cube is. And you guys can tell us, uh, but I feel like it's somebody who <laughs> was really fucking good, one of the best ever you know, was really good in the 80s and the early 90s so that people who are 25 years old now might not know that person so well within their field of expertise. Somebody who branched out, maybe did some movies after their career. Maybe somebody who's chilled out a little bit, like used to be pretty fucking intense, played on like an angry team, <laughs> and now is doing like Skechers commercials. <laughs> I, was thinking of, I was thinking about Howie Long. I mentioned Howie Long in the thing. It's like Howie Long was one of the goats at his position, uh, Ice Cube's one of the goats, hands down, right? Uh, got out of music, and I'll take, no offense, Pops, but I will, I will take Boys in the Hood over, over that thing you do, which, you know, but not Firestorm. Uh, but Dad did, I'm fucking around here. Dad did movies, Ice Cube did a ton of movies. Also, just underrated by young people. I don't know who, who that would be, but you guys are, free to write the show. I like the Howie comp. It continues your trend of making cross-racial comparisons, which I enjoy. I'm trying to get into oh, doing that, dude. Okay. Yeah, I'm trying and to get it. I'm just tired of all this fucking... Dude, and Ice Cube, amazing guest. It's a pretty fucking huge guest day here on Greenlight. We got jo we got Joe Buck coming up. Yeah, no, I know. Cuban Buck. Yeah, before we get to Buck, you guys want to answer a kind of a random question we've got? All right, so there's this question's been going around Twitter. Would you rather fight an orangutan with a sword once a year or fight a chicken every time you get in your car? So can I just say something, dude? I've been thinking, of, I've been noodling on this question for a couple of days and I came in today and shout out to one of our interns. He was like, he was like, yeah, man. Will, William was like, yeah, dude. Uh, there's this question going around, chicken uh, every day when you get in your car, you gotta fight it or you gotta fight an orangutan with a sword once a year. And everybody in the room was like, yeah, I don't know. We got a lot of stuff today. Yeah. I'm like, guys, we're doing it. I was like, this, we have to fucking confront this question. I've been thinking about this thing. And I don't know if in the, I'm in the minority and I'm not trolling here, but I would rather do, I would fight the orangutan once a year. Then every time I get in my fucking car, I got to deal with a chicken. I hate birds and chickens and shit. They're unpredictable. I think about it like this, They're bro. little claws. Like, they'll peck you. That's a free meal every day, I don't want to break a chicken's neck, dude. I don't have that That's in me. I'm not some fucking, meal, I'm not bro. a fucking nah. farmer, man. Hey, I deal with turkeys. I'm not you. I deal with turkeys. I guess for, yeah, for you. So, yeah. at the end of the day, dealing with a chicken every single day, I just look it's at child's it. child's play. Bro, it's easy. You're That's eating easy it. money. When you're killing all those turkeys for people that that didn't listen in the fall or just came on board, uh, Nate, <laughs> once a year around Thanksgiving, you know some people go to the the mall to be Santa. Uh, Nate goes to a turkey farm to be the Grim Reaper for a fucking week, <laughs> and uh, and and gives a bunch of t birds the electric chair. Uh, so Nate is 
I knew how you would answer the question. But here's the kicker for me, dude. This is the first I'm learning that I get a sword too. Yeah, but like you don't, think, hold you don't on know a how to I, use a sword. But hold on Do a you second. know how to wield, a yield a sword? Do you know no, how to yield a sword? you're missing the point. You're missing the point. I'm I, not. You I, have to defend yourself with that sword. No, I'm saying I thought I could fight the... I was choosing the orangutan. Orangutans are so pussy, bro. I'll just come out and say it. Orangutans are so pussy <laughs> that I was thinking that I would fight an orangutan <laughs> with a sword, and I didn't get a sword. Like, I just had to dodge this big, slow fucker's arms. That's really the truth. I mean, I'm not, I'm not trying to throw shade at orangutans. Yeah, you like, are. I know they're a big animal. I know. I just Google image searched orangutan next to human. I know they're fucking big, but there's a reason they're all the fucking nice guys in all these Jungle Book fucking movies because orangutans are soft. So Nate Nate's siding with and Glenn Taylor, basically. Glenn Taylor? Fuck yeah, yeah, he is. Chicken slaughter. You're a monster. You want to kill all those chickens. And a, but <laughs> orangutans are endangered, aren't they? Dude, I will rope a dope an orangutan. Anything and with I will, a face. I will, I will, face? I will, I will neutralize that orangutan. Have you I seen an orangutan kill face? that endangered motherfucker, dude? I will neutralize him. Have you seen an orangutan's face? I will put him. I will put. I will like twist his arm really hard. I, he'll miss me. Orangutans so, have a face that look like they can take a punch. It's already flat. I'm not talking about taking a punch. What are you dude? gonna do to it though, dude? I started going to 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 um one of the martial arts last fall. Oh yeah, yeah, jujitsu. Jiu I are was you, doing jujitsu for a, over a month. You gonna dude. hip? You gonna hip toss it? No, I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna use its weight against me. Of which there, is, uh, treadmill, please, okay, Mister Rangatan. You, you will. Your fat ass arm. You'll miss me. I'll dodge you, and then before you know it, you'll be on the ground and you'll be neutralized, dude. I'll do that once a year. I'll take a picture with the orangutan once a year, and I'll go about my business. You're gonna have to kill a chicken every day. Think about good luck. Think about when you have kids one day and you're good trying luck. to go to soccer practice, dude, or you're trying to go to the fucking you're trying to go to jump for a birthday party, and you got to get in the car and kill a chicken before the kids can get in. Every easy time, dude. money, easy money. The kids easy. are gonna be like, "Let's walk, dude." It's easy. Instead of them not knowing if dad, if you're gonna make it home because you have to fight a orangutan with a sword, bro. I do more dangerous stuff now. Maybe. I just don't tell them about it. It's debatable. I'm going to walk to work in this situation. Dude, I, yeah, you're going to walk to work. That's great, guys. I'm the two roads diverged in a yellow wood. So, anyways, I wonder what Joe Buck would do. We should ask him. We'll ask Joe Buck. I really feel this way, dude. I really fucking feel this way. You think this is a bit? I. No problem, orangutan with a sword. He, yeah. he I'm not, I'm he's not slow, thinking. anyways, dude. Bro, what, why are you saying that they're slow? Like, what is making? But here's the no. Here's slow? the thing. Are we still rolling? He forgot this. What? Are, what? I was I I I was willing to just no hands or no fucking weapon. Yo, just because you're willing doesn't mean you're gonna win. Same to you, dude. It's it's a win. It's talk about Same winning, to you, bro. What about when you get the fucking? What would a chicken do to you to like to like? You get a virus. Best, best case scenario from the chicken, you get the avian They get to flu. poke your eyes out first, right? But then, what is you it know how many physically going to do? Have to handle over the course of your life, dude. And you don't with, think you don't with, think? Hold on, with blood splatter and shit. So you don't think orangutan? You're gonna have to clean your car every day, dude. What happens when the orangutan just shits in its hand and throws it at you and gets all that whatever type of viruses and whatever they could do too? It's the same difference. What do you think has a higher chance of me of happening? An orangutan getting hit in the face with the orangutan shit. Yeah, he's probably got to wind up like Tim Wakefield, dude. That ball's coming out. 
45 miles an hour, dude. You got to deal with a chicken every morning. Where are morning. you finding your information? Hey, hold on. Like, why good. are you putting this on orangutans? Good, that they're, they're acting morning, like they're, bro. they're, they're, they're tortoised. Film. Like, why, like why are you acting like they're not sloth? You're thinking about a sloth. imitates reality, I get it. I get Art it. imitates reality. Every fucking Jungle Book You're type thinking movie. of a sloth. They didn't say sloth. No, they, they said don't orangutan, put sloths. bro. They don't put sloths in the movies, bro. They put orangutans in the movies, bro. And when they put orangutans what in the movies, they're all Jungle Book. Name one. Jungle Book. Jungle Book. Jungle Book. That every time the orangutan is sitting at the top of some fucking staircase and he's mm -hmm. all scary looking and the, the 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 kid that's supposed to be like the kid in Jungle Book, whatever that character is in the movie. Mowgli. Mowgli. The Mowgli, Mowgli. of the movie needs help. Mowgli. Mowgli. Put some respect on it. <laughs> Thinking about Katino Mowgli. <laughs> so Fucking that that the protagonist always gets a get out of jail free card by just conquering their fears and walking up to meet the orangutan who's really fucking docile in the movie. Art imitates reality, okay. except for with hippos. So we will ask Joe Buck. <laughs> Joe Buck's a thinking man, dude. He's definitely gonna pick the orangutan. I can't wait. The house is gonna come down in here. All right, Joe Buck, America's broadcaster. How fucking, what a turn that is. Ice Cube to Joe Buck. Midwestern 60-year-old men's heads are going to be spinning in St. Louis. <laughs> hey, dude. Here's Joe Buck. <laughs> if you're here in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, or right here in Virginia, and you haven't tried the WinBet app yet, I have great news for you. WinBet is now offering $200 in free bets for new users. That's right, $200, 200 big ones on a $50 bet. WinBet is basically giving you free money. Don't turn that down. Don't pass that up. Download the WinBet app today. Terms and conditions apply. Must be 21 or older and present in a state where WinBet is available. Gambling problem? In Arizona, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. In Colorado, Indiana, New Jersey, and Virginia, call 1-800-GAMBLER. And in Michigan, 1-800-270-7117. Tennessee, y'all too. 1-800-889-9789. So Joe Buck is a great friend because like I texted him like a dumbass not knowing that he's now with this new shiny ESPN gig. He's got to do golf. He's got to do all these sports. And there's evidently a big golf tournament this weekend and he had to do a, a mega cast of the whole thing. So I was like, you got any time? He's like, well, not much, but I will make time for you. Uh, I don't know if you heard about the whole golf tournament thing. Uh, and I did. Yeah. And so I was like, this will be great. So Joe's now joining us from his, his car, which has nice leather seats. It's nice Corinthian. getting Corinthian. It's nice <laughs> getting the Monday night job. Joe, how you feeling? Good. Just, I mean, just to be, upfront about all that i had this car prior to the monday night gig but uh, <laughs> yeah it's rented it's a it's a 2021 taurus um, yes, looks but, but here I am. so yeah um yeah hey first thing can you help us settle a debate before we ask about golf uh i'll just maybe i'll yeah i shouldn't ask would you rather fight a chicken every day you get into your car or would you rather fight an orangutan once a year, but you get a sword? And that and the orangutan has a sword, yeah? Oh my god, the the orangutan doesn't have a sword? Joe, answer the question. What do you think? I think I'd get tired of, of fighting the chicken every day. Okay. I, I wouldn't want 
I, I would I don't care what it is. I don't want to fight anything every every day. I, I mean I fight with my wife most days, but I So you, you guys know. are just dying. No, we're not dying, dude. Yes, I just are. found out the orangutan doesn't even have a fucking sword. We're gonna be fine, dude. That's a bottom five scary primate. That's a bottom no. five primate. I'm not saying I'm looking forward to the fight with the orangutan. Those things are, I don't know what's, what they're thinking. Yeah. And uh, the hair on the arms and all that, I, I, I would have a tough time. I would lose probably, but just for out of sheer boredom and repetition, I, I want no part of the chicken every day. And cleaning your car every day after the battle with the chicken. Cleaning Look at those leather seats. You're going to fight a chicken I, I in that fucking thing? No. I, I assume that this is a fight to the death. Yeah, dude. Yeah, well, I don't want to kill a chicken every day. Not every day. No, 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 no. no. That's 365 chickens a year. <laughs> See the mad leap years. Think yeah, about leap think years. <laughs> Right, I'm, I'm, I'm like Purdue. What would the play-by-play? Play, what would the only play Purdue kills chickens like that? Or Nate? Actually, Nate is you don't know this, but Nate, <laughs> former NFL player, you know what he's doing this time now, Joe? He's sitting in this chair with me, and around Thanksgiving, he murders turkeys at a turkey yep. farm, dude. So he, you know which one he chose. But no, I know which one he chose, and don't worry, <laughs> thing, things are going to get better. So, <laughs> thanks, Joe. I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Joe. Keep working hard. You'll get off that couch. Joe, 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 Joe. Yeah, no, don't tell him that. Don't tell him that. We like him right here with us. Joe, uh, call like 30 seconds of Joe Buck versus the orangutan. Can you do that? This is the hardest thing you've been asked to do all year. Uh, yeah, sure. Uh, in steps, Joe Buck does not have any advantages in this fight whatsoever. Dealing with an orangutan that has a much better reach. And just has that look in his eye like he wants to kill. Buck's in this fight uh, against his own will. But, hey, the internet said I have to do it, so I got to go do Oh, Buck has pulled out his sword and has plunged it straight into the heart of the right. The fight's over. The fight is over. And Joe can now get into his car and, and go on about his life. <laughs> For a year. Till next year. That's Until awesome. next year, folks. <laughs> Hey, that's fucking good, Joe. That's why you're a pro, dude. You know, you got the Monday night job for a lot of reasons. Many of them being you're fucking awesome, but that is icing on the cake there. I don't know what the next level is, but look out, Monday Night Football. Somebody's going to give him an even better job. Oh, yeah. You didn't know. I'm, I would maybe uh, the human orangutan fight series. Yeah, it, honestly, dude, that's what's next, I think. Uh -huh. um, uh, Nate's got to go down to a uh, pillow fighting championship. <laughs> Which you probably didn't know exists, but that exists, Joe. <laughs> Calling one of those really? would be a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah, he's got to yeah, go down. That sounds fantastic. Do you get to pick your, choose your pillow when you go into it? No, so they're a standard. It's like baseball. We don't want any pine tar. We don't want any heavy bats. You do know, you put like, your put your PJs on when you do it? No, they people fighting <laughs> like they're wearing UFC outfits and shit. I'm going to be a corner man. I'm going to cheer on a friend that that does it, trying to win a title. <laughs> You know what? Every day I'm reminded just how fucking dumb the world is. And this, this has now, this has been my example for this day, whatever the hell day yeah, it is. Yeah, it's May 23rd. It's Monday.
So, yeah. so I do want I do want to talk about your new gig. I'm super excited. I think I probably text you congratulations, but you know when somebody does something good that everybody's saying congratulations about, it's almost a disservice to text them. So if I did, I'm sorry because it's another text you no. actually have to just say thank you to. But you are great at what you do, and I'm super happy for you and Troy. Um, but the golf, man, you did the mega cast. You're doing a little ESPN yeah. stuff. I, I I gotta ask you this. I don't watch golf a lot. I do watch during the majors like sporadically and I'm getting more into it. I would just I would just ask you, like you call all types of games. Is it the worst sport to have a lead in? Like I know that's not an easy, you know, question, but you wake up Monday morning, you have a three, four stroke lead Sunday morning. I get that right if we're covering golf. You wake up Sunday morning, you have a three, four stroke lead. Is that worse than being up at the half in an NFL game? Is it worse than being a pitcher with a lead? Is it worse? You know, and do you feel that as you're calling these 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 tournaments? Yeah, I mean, I think that's the drama that see how these guys can handle opportunity. And and in this case, I mean, I know you don't want to get down into the weeds on this, but this kid Mito Pereira, who nobody really had heard of, was ranked 100th in the world, uh, and never won uh, on tour. He joined the tour last July. He's he's sitting there with a three shot lead at the start of the day and. You know, cameras are in his face the second he gets to the course and they've got him getting out of his car and putting his shoes on and everywhere he walks. And, you know, that little voice in your head, I don't care how great you are. I don't care what sport it is. I don't care what you do for a living. That little voice in your head is always back to going, are you good enough? You're not good enough for this. Are you yeah. good enough? Are you not? And, and, and to answer your question, unlike, you know, joining 10 other guys in an NFL lineup, or eight other guys in an MLB lineup, or including the goalie, five other guys in the, in the NHL, or four other guys in the NBA, it's on you. you got to pull the club back. You initiate the action. And any little jitter or jump of nerves changes your entire swing. And I, I don't know how you quiet that down. So I, that's what makes it great for, for diehard golfers like me to watch these people perform at that level and Justin Thomas make that shot that he made at 17 yesterday in the playoff. It's like, God, I, what I would give to be able to do that. That's what makes it great. So I, 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 I'm with you on that premise that, that it might be the hardest sport uh, to have a lead because it's all on you and, and there's no place to hide. Well, there's a lot of time to to sit with it. I mean, like there's no in football, there's no time. You got 20 minutes to think about the lead you have at the half. I mean, you have – you know, and in tennis, I'm sure you're up, but that doesn't change the way you play, really. Boxing, that would be an individual sport where you're like, fuck, if you're up, like, this guy's going to try to kill me, or UFC. Golf in a very different way. You said it. Like, you wake up, tie your shoes, you're thinking about, you know, I've worked my whole life for this. I mean, yeah. it, it's you go to bed, you sleep preferably eight hours, but you probably don't sleep eight hours, and you're thinking about the three-stroke lead you have. It's just very different. And I wonder, you know, like, do you ever feel... Who's the worst you've ever felt for? Like as you're watching a meltdown, calling a game, like do you ever do you actually ever feel for an athlete or a team as you're calling the game, or you have no soul? I, yeah, I th I think I think you know in baseball there was a, a young guy, he's out of the game now, but at the time he was a young guy, Rick Ankiel, yeah. who got the yips, and and a guy that could throw ninety nine miles an hour. And, you know, knock something off the end of a bat if he wanted to or 
you know, bend off, snap off a curveball. It, it would buckle your knees. All of a sudden, couldn't throw the ball to the plate and is bouncing it and throwing it six feet over his catcher's head. It's that kind of stuff for John Vandeveld. I wasn't calling it, but when he blew the British Open, which the hardcore golf fans called the Open, uh, it, it was hard to wait. It was just sad. It goes from, man, this is this is awesome. Great competition. May the best person win to, yeah, it's just uncomfortable to watch. And, and that's how I was with Ankiel, who's been a great friend and is a great dude and had a lot of stuff going on in his life at the time. And he just, he, he sprung a leak. I mean, he, he just was misfiring and he, he could not, for the life of him, get the ball over the plate. So it's, it's more when people can't do what they roll over or get out of bed and do uh, basically in their sleep. And all of a sudden that skill leaves them and they're on a national uh, television audience. They're in front of that. They're in front of a packed house. It's just, it's hard to watch. And, and if you have a soul, it's just like you want to help them or, or go dig a hole so they can bury themselves, but that doesn't work. But you just call the game because you have no soul. You just, you just, right. you just narrate it. You're like, God damn, this guy can't do it anymore. No, well, Markel, I, I mean, Mar- Markel Fultz is one that comes to mind for me. It's basketball. It's a different sport. But when you were talking about Ankeel, I'm thinking about him. For a second, I was thinking about Ben Simmons, but said, let's not. Markel Fultz, uh, his shot completely just disappeared. Like, he forgot how to shoot a basketball. That's got to be terrifying. Like, you know, that's the that's flip the side of playing sports. People always ask, like, what's the, you know, like, oh, you got the best lives, all this stuff. I'm like, yeah, but on the other end of something, if I'm Bill Buckner one day, like, if I get to realize my dream and I'm minutes away from champagne and all that shit. And I can, for the rest of my life, I can be Scott Norwood, you know, and that's like the toughest, that's sports. That's the fucking trade-off. Yeah, no. And and I think that's the right word that you use. Terrifying. It's terrifying while it's going on. And then it's terrifying, you know, in this day and age, it's terrifying in the aftermath with all the people that feel like they're a part of it, that are fans that are sending you hate mail and hate tweets and death threats and all that. I mean, it's crazy. So there, the, the pressure's ratcheted up anyway. And then that mind takes over and that little voice of doubt becomes louder and louder and louder and you can't perform. And my God, I, it's, it's just gotta be the worst feeling in the world. I was thinking about Danny green and I was thinking about like missing that shot. The Lakers got, you know, he's on the, the Sixers now. So, I think you got to really worry when when it's not the the direct messages, the fucking real death threat letter. Like if you get a death threat letter in 2022, like somebody went U.S. postal to send you a threat, like you got to go see the authorities. I, I think yeah. like if you get one of those, like a, a real physical note, that's a bad deal. Joe, you've been announcing games for a long time. Have you ever gotten death threats? Have you ever gotten a little no, something in the mail? No, let's not give people ideas, yeah. Chris. Let's not give people <laughs> ideas. The whole, you hate my team. Fuck you. Why do you hate the Yankees? Why do you hate the Red Sox? Why do you hate the Eagles? Why do you hate the Phillies? Why do you hate that? And, that, and, that? and then, comma, I, yeah, I'll I, kill you. Yeah, no, no. That, not, not that I've seen. That's but, good. Uh, yeah, I don't go searching for it. So maybe there are. And... You know, I don't even want to talk about it, but I, if I, if it's like if a tree falls in the woods and nobody's there to hear it, yeah, exactly, uh, it doesn't make a sound, yeah, absolutely. Somebody does that to you and you don't ever see it, uh, does, does it have any impact? I would say no, unless somebody follows through on it. I would imagine people would be aware of it around me, yeah, but I, you know, I, I think, I think sanity takes over 
at some point you hope when you realize that the person calling the game really doesn't care who wins or loses. And, and that's legitimately how I feel. I just want to see a great game. And then that we have nothing to do with the outcome of the game. I mean, it's absurd. So you, you know, turn your volume off or turn the TV off and listen to radio. But you're about to call some Miami Dolphins games, Joe. So things are going to change here. I mean, those fuckers are crazy. Their fans yeah, are well, insane, dude. They're so not, on, they're the not on our schedule. Okay. They're not on our schedule this year. So I only have four years left after this. There you go. So how does it feel, man? Like, like, you know, for so many years, you're like the voice of Fox, like you, Troy, you know, obviously got to know you guys through working with my pops and that sort of thing. Just good people in a family. And, you know, like, like the business is the business. You, you get great opportunities. You wake up one day, you're playing for a different team. Is there an adjustment period? Is it fucking weird? Or are you just all 100% excited and jacked up for this opportunity? Because me as a fan, I'm excited because I like y'all's team. I like y'all's booth. And every Monday night, I'm going to get to watch you guys not only succeed, but I'm going to enjoy the game more, I think. So nothing against anybody that was, but I just really like the, the, those two guys. So how did you feel? Did it take some getting used to calling yourself like ESPN's Joe Buck? I mean, it is weird. I'm not going to lie because I've spent I've been on earth for 53 years and 27 of them have been at Fox. So over half my life I've been there and I started there when I was 24. It's when I auditioned. Uh, and I've, you know, been there, I've grown up there yeah. and with regard to your dad and Terry and, uh, and Jimmy and everybody, I mean, they're great friends of mine and producers and directors and, all the relationships you make, that's the part that, that I'm going to miss because it's all about the people. It, you know, it's not really about the network, but, but it is exciting to start over and to, to get kind of the creative juices flowing again and, and make new friendships and see how much I can grow and, yeah. and see if I can get where I can get better and, and to do this on Monday night. So I'm for as weird as it is, it's, it's that plus exciting and and i i mean it, it was the right time to make a move and to get to do it with troy where we don't get split up you know i want to i'm i've been doing this long enough that i want a known quantity next to me and that's him we've been together for 20 years and you know now this will be 21 and uh to be to be able to do it with my good friend is exciting to me and, uh, you know, our, our good friend, David Hill, he was one of the, you know, he's a guy that built Fox sports. And when I talked to him, when I was making this decision to leave, he said, you gotta go, it's time. It's been too long and you gotta, you gotta change is good. And you're going to be nervous before your first broadcast and that's good. And it leads to different things. And, and, and that kind of sealed the deal for me. So yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm excited. I'm going to miss people, but you know, they're just a text or phone call away. Yeah, man. And um, I wonder how, how different the job is. Is it different at all? Is it just, hey, like it's, I know you get to know your production crew. I know you get to know the people behind the scenes that people at home don't get to know. And like there, there might be an adjustment period as you learn how people work there, or the way that show is produced and maybe some of the more, my, the minutia kind of stuff that we as fans don't think about. Are there differences or is it just, hey, the game's on Monday night? Yeah, I think it's that. I, yeah. I think the one thing that Troy and I have to avoid is trying to be different than we've been. I mean, they hired us based on what we've done and who we are and, and how we relate to each other and the way we see a game. 
I can tell you that, you know, ESPN coming there, I know we're in the honeymoon phase. I'm, I'm not dumb. I mean, that stuff, that stuff wears off after a while, but they're like, whatever, however you guys have always done the game, that's the way we want you to do the game. Whether it's with regard to meetings versus conference calls or when you guys show up or, you know, how you like things, the booth set up or however you want it, it we're going to do it your way. And, you know, that's to their credit. It wasn't like, hey, well, you're at ESPN now, man. you got to figure out how we do it. Yeah. It was more like, how can we make this what you guys have always done? So uh, we met with our producer and director in St. Louis a couple of weeks ago. They're great dudes. I, the, the producer, Phil Dean, is, is a special guy. You can tell already. Uh, Jimmy Platt's our director. I, I can't wait to go to work. And, and that's why I did the PGA Megacast. Uh, I was supposed to go on a golf trip and they asked me to do it and guilt took over. I was like, yeah. they're paying me. Yeah. I'm not doing anything. Yeah. It's time to go to work. And and I wanted to be on camera with ESPN in front of my face and, and it went well. And, and I'm glad for that. You talk about Brady. Like you've been asked about Brady probably a thousand times already. I, I got a question yeah. for you, Tom yeah. Brady. And I, I brought this up initially when he got the job. Can you imagine him and Belichick in a production meeting together? yeah that would be odd that would be odd you know i first of all you you played with him i covered him yeah i would never bet against the guy yeah in anything in anything i mean you know he's gonna work uh you know he's gonna give it everything he's got except when they Um, played the saints last year i shouldn't have bet them money line for a car (laughs) yeah that was a problem i don't know i don't know why the saints have the box number but they do yeah um but yeah i I would, you know, Troy's talked about it a lot. And and so I'm kind of stealing his line here, but knowing football is down the list of what you need to be and do when you're calling a game. It's a different, it's a different thing. You know, I, you have to make a point in a short amount of time. You have to see the game differently. You have to be, you know, almost proactive and you have to kind of grab it and go. And so, you know, that that's the transition that I'm excited to see for Tom Brady. If it takes five minutes or if it takes five years, nobody knows. Nobody's ever seen him or heard him do a game. Uh, but like I said at the top, you know, I, I, I would never bet against that guy. So it'll be exciting when he gets into the booth, provided he, he takes that step. And, uh, you know, if he does, I think Fox made a hell of a hire uh, after we – you know, left and, and went to another network. Also the security that Fox got skipping the line to have him. I mean, like who knows, they don't have to deal with the rest of the market. He could play another three, four years. Right. So yeah. I mean, it's exciting for Fox. You just sit there and watch this guy and know that he's going to be sitting in the chair with us. And yeah, it sounds like a lot of money now and who knows what the money actually is, but that market could change like drastically in the next two years. And it doesn't look as fucking crazy. It's just, it's a lot well, of money no matter what, but it's a lot of money and there's only one him. And, exactly, and I yeah. think that's kind of, that's kind of what he's getting paid for in this ambassadorship or wh- whatever it is. It, it'll be interesting to see how all that takes shape. Um, but I guess that's what it took to get him to commit to, again, if he does games, he will do them there. But yeah. if he plays three or four more years, you know, who knows at the end of that, he may go, you know what? I'm tired. I want to take, I want to take a year. I'm going to travel with my family 
And, yeah. and, you know, who knows when that day finally comes, but when it does, I'll be right in front of my TV watching like everybody else to see how he does it. Cause it'll be exciting. A little more football here. And this could be some bad news for you. Uh, and you know, it's tough for us all to hear that, that the Washington commanders might be building a new stadium, that beautiful <laughs> field at FedEx field, that palace in Landover. I, well, you know, what I love yeah. is when somebody says we're live from Landover. I feel like it's fucked up. That stadium is fucked up. There's piss coming out of the pipes on fans, and there's all types of things going on at that stadium. Do you have, without shitting on that field, it might be too soon. I, I uh, mean, that I didn't even know that was the case. I'll take your word for it. Well, you're that. up there in your ivory tower up there with right, coffee no, and yes. spearmint in, the, in, in, a, in a wicker basket and snacks Guilty. and famous Amos yes. cookies and shit. But no, everybody yeah. else is slumming it. What's the worst stadium to call a football game at? Can you tell me uh, if it matters, if it's an uh, you know, if it's a new stadium, if it's an old stadium? Like, dude... Are they, are, are they all kind of the same for you calling a game or do you have stadiums you like they're, more than others? I mean, they're all pretty much the same. What I, you know, what I require of what I hope for in a stadium or in a booth is kind of along the lines of what I want in a hotel room. Mm. I want it to get cold and <laughs> I want it to be dark mm. and I want it to have decent pillows. That's it. Yeah. I, I don't care. Yeah. I don't care. I don't care where it is. I don't care what the room service menu looks like. I don't care. I just yeah. want it to be dark and I want to be able to get sleep. And, and for me in a stadium, these stadiums are all so nice now yeah. that they all kind of blend together. The, but the part that, that I'm talking about is I want a bathroom at least near the booth, right? Because I've been caught, like, I think it's Cleveland or Cincinnati where you have to do about a 300 yard sprint to get to the bathroom and back mm -hmm. in two and a half minutes. And it's, it's a tall order for me in a suit. I, I look like OJ jumping over suitcases, renting a car from Hertz. This is the pre, the, the pre that stuff. OJ, if you remember, and that Lamar, yeah. I think had to Lamar Jackson had to do the same shuffle to the bathroom in Cleveland. So the same problem yeah. for the players as well. Yeah. I, that's all I care about. Like if I can get to the bathroom and I can get yeah. back to the front of the booth and I can see the field, <laughs> I really don't care. Okay, a couple things baseball here. Um, you, you, you've seen Yachty and Albert Pujols pitch in one week. What the it's f so weird. What's going on, dude? I mean, and they, they were pitching with big leads. Typically, that happens yeah. in baseball when a team's just getting blown out. They yeah. don't want to waste a reliever. But, the, but I, you know, I love it. I And I love it that the other teams didn't have any problem with it. You yeah. know, I, they're the unwritten rules get changed every once in a while. And you could see somebody in baseball going, Oh man, that's bullshit. You got, you're showing us up. Albert yeah. Pujols is pitching. Meanwhile, I think it was Evan Longoria got a base hit against Pujols and asked for the ball. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, they, they embraced it and, and the same Yachty pitched and, you know, these guys are, this is their last dance. You yeah. know, it's not Jordan and, and crew, but it's Pujols and it's Molina and maybe Wainwright and they're, they're enjoying their last year and they're, they're a pretty good team and they're having fun. So I credit their first year manager, Oliver Marmol with, with letting them do it. That I think it was kind of cool. Bro, Albert Pujols left St. Louis, his restaurant closed down. John Jay played an entire career 
basically, because he's retiring this year. And and then Pujols comes back and pitches in a game. Like, you can't make this shit up. And Yachty was there the whole time. Yachty's a legend. Like, it's, you know, it's cool. It's hard not to – we were discussing that bug last week, and I was saying I was resistant to the bug because everybody's like, you have to. I get the baseball heaven thing and all that stuff. Now, I also get people that are, like, sick of hearing about the Cardinals. You know, it's like the Yankees, yeah. Yankees Midwest a little bit. Yeah, and and the whole Cardinals way and all that, but but there is some truth to the way visiting players are treated here, and and it's yeah, I think I think it was probably best seen in two thousand four when the Red Sox won the World Series for the first time in eighty six years. I've talked to so many Red Sox fans since then uh, who said they flew to St. Louis because I mean it was. 86 years they're, yeah. they're going to be there if, if they can get there they're going to get there and i know a lot of red sox fans that have come up to me knowing i'm from st louis that said i was in that stadium you know their team the cardinals were down three games to nothing they're winning game four and to a person they said cardinal fans were buying them beers and like saluting them and cheersing them because it was history yeah. and and they knew how much it meant to Red Sox fans. So, you know, the whole Midwestern gentility and all that stuff, I, you know, I don't know. Every, every fan uh, fandom thinks their fans are the best. Uh, but, you know, Chris, you were here. I'm, I'm literally four blocks from where you played. I'm in downtown St. Louis. There's not a whole hell of a lot going on. They don't have here, that so. roped off, Joe, where we played. They don't have the Edward Jones dome like roped off like a movie set out of respect. Yeah, no, they should. I mean, considering, you know, Kurt Warner's movie and everything else. That, <laughs> yeah. But now it's like the site of American gladiators and yeah. truck, truck and tractor trucks. Yeah. yeah, it's total yeah. monster truck. All right, so then last question. World Series. You've been doing them for a long time. I know it's got to be special. Um, you know, like you're really resting this year during the World Series, right? I mean, like, yeah. you're, are you – what the hell are you going to do? Give me your dream. Like, I want to be here watching the biggest game in baseball. I would like to be in Cabo San Lucas yeah. uh, with a uh, margarita in my hand and uh, a half-smoked cigar uh, watching Game 7 of the World Series, cheering on Joe Davis and John Smoltz yeah. and Ken Rosenthal and Tom Berducci and Pete Macheska. Uh, and Matt Gangle and right on down the line. But, uh, you know, if it gets to be seven to nothing uh, and, and there's no drama left, I'm going to have a really good time turning it off. <laughs> and who's up seven nothing, Joe, in the World Series game seven over who? Man, it's got to be a New York team the way they've started this season. Yeah. The Mets are great. The Yankees yeah. are great. I leave and the New York teams are good again. But, I, <laughs> you know, it. I loved it. I don't feel like I leave any unfinished business there. And this is the first time uh, since I was 18 years old and I'm 53 that I'm not doing a baseball game. Golly. And uh, that's, that's really weird to me. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, I, I walk away really proud of what I and we did. And, you know, it's time for somebody else. It's time for somebody else to put their voice to it. And I'm glad to get out of the way for Joe and, uh, and watch him do it. Cause he'll be great. ESPN's Joe Buck, and uh, it rolls off the tongue, even though, yeah, he's like family to my dad. My dad cries into his pillow at night and everything. But wait, Oh, Joe, yeah, I'm sure. Joe, I'm we sure love you. We miss you. I'm, I'm excited for you, man. This is really cool. 
Well, thank you. And I was just kidding about the pillow fight. You go down there and, <laughs> and, and you just, you keep your, your athlete charged up and, you know, the, the right arm all yeah, loose and ready yeah. to throw. And yeah. It'll be appreciate good. That. It's a lot of rotator cuff. All right, Joe. A we lot of rotator cuff. We yeah. appreciate you, buddy. See you. All right, guys. See ya. And Chris and Dr. Fax had just too many opinions on this orangutan chicken question, so they kept talking about it a good bit. So we're going to play a couple more minutes for you. Like any type of monkey, like chimpanzees, orangutans, you feel like you would win, like like if that happened. No, this this is orangutan specific, but like if an orangutan was attacking Wayland, Chris would eat its fucking ass. Uh-huh. If an if an orangutan was attacking your kids, that orangutan's life would be over. Like it's bro, not a listen, fight. no questions asked. You're yeah, telling right. me if not an orangutan punks your girl, an orangutan punks your girl at the bro. club, at the bar, or walking down the street, bro, just an orangutan, bro. Be near orangutan, if you're at the yo. airport and an orangutan cuts you in line, dude, <laughs> you're gonna let that fucking aggression stand, dude. You got it. You got it. <laughs> you got it, bro. I'm worried about you beating up that fucking chicken, honestly, <laughs> if I'm being honest, dude, with that attitude. I'm just telling you, and you even think about this. Say I'm a dumbass and I pick chicken. Do I get to have a motorcycle? Can I just get in my motorcycle every day instead? No, you have to choke the chicken every day. Outside, yeah. That, <laughs> nothing has changed. Should, yeah, exactly. Uh, hey, it should so be I'm real getting, easy for you, right? Yeah, okay. Okay. No, <laughs> what are you, a fucking monk? We, hey, we got a monk here. A monk in tie-dye. So, here's the thing, man. Fucking, you're talking about a chicken. Every day in your car, you're going to have to shop back that motherfucker, the whole thing. That's not the point. You guys always move the, the, the Bro, field goal like post on every question. It's just about winning. Like, what would you rather do? You're gonna like no you're question. not winning against an orangutan no with question. a sword. You're orangutan, not orangutan bottom five. Orangutans can orangutan. swing from trees orangutan. and shit. You guys understand how strong you have to be to do that? Hey, can I'm, you swing from a tree? No. Are we fighting in the trees, bro? That's like saying actually it's an a shark if it can That's walk up I the said. stairs. Where dude. are you fighting? I don't care, dude. But where are you fighting at? We're, we're fighting in a fucking room, dude, with no trees. And orangutan can jump. Okay, so studio. what are you gonna do when it jumps up there? Oh, he probably drop his sword <laughs> on your head. Bro, I was ready to fight this thing, raw dog, no sword. Now I know there's a sword involved. I'm impaling this fucker, dude. Yo, you're sick. I'm impaling this fucker, dude. You're cleaning your car every day. <laughs> you're worried about yo, bro. You got to take a client. Remember the other day you said, you don't, you think I forgot this. I asked you what you, we were asked what you would do if you didn't play football. You said you would start a business and drive rich people around and, and give them all your ideas, your entrepreneurial ideas, right? Mm -hmm. Try that with a chicken in the car. Sorry, I gotta, uh, I gotta murder this chicken and then I'll pitch you my app. Yeah, and I might try to sell it to him first. <laughs> I'm out, dude. Yo, I might try to sell him to him first, bro. This is a farmers market area, bro. I can kill that chicken and bring it to the farmers market and sell it right away. People pay more for chickens depending on where they live. Nope. You don't think people are gonna be freaking out when they find out they get killed by a guy in the back of his fucking Chrysler? Not true. Fresh. He's like totally fresh. Organic. That's organic. Organic and fresh. It's an organic chicken, bro. Bro, I'm telling you, people. But, but not the way that they that. want it, though. They want organic. They don't want organic killed by an Uber driver. You know, killed by a podcaster. 
I mean, I think that that makes it even more organic. It's local, homegrown. I don't think so, I think he has... Hey, I think the new intern is is on my thinking. This is a great idea, by the way. So thank you for this. Is your first day in studio? We know a thing or two about homegrown around these parts. We do know. Um, <laughs> I can't that. say anything about that. You see how nimble I am? You see how nimble I am right here? All right. So, uh, you, had, so you did ask Cube about. I know, but I remember if you'll remember Ice Cube exception guest. No, I said guest. We can always talk about it. Oh, cool. see, I'm a lawyer, dude. It was in there. I'm a stone lawyer, but Ooh, I remember you did huh? say that. You do say. I'm that. happy. Oh fuck, that's a hundred dollars. Yeah, wean guy. That's no, that's that's a fine, dude. I'm being real. I'm being accountable. Is that talking about weed though? If you're just saying that you're yes, stoned? dude. Yes, that's a hundred dollars. I will pay up. All right, that's I'll the add first it fine to the bucket. Um, so that's hope, just for you, right? Hope you guys enjoyed yeah. that show. I'm